It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. Introducing first, fighting out of the blue corner. Right there, right there, hold on, right there. Boom, I faked him. Oh, whoa, that was, whoa. I'm back. But, Mappa Babo, how you say his name? I'm going to go home tonight. I'm going to drink a Coors Light. Fighting out of the red corner. I completely dominated that fifth round. That fifth round want me to fight. From the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. <laughs> In MMA. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, this is Caged in MMA. I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co-host, Anthony and DeRossi. As you guys know, you can reach us by going to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. You could also, guys, if you don't have it, Download our app. How do you do that? You go to iOS, and you put in WWSRN, and if you don't have iOS, you have an Android. And what you have to do is you go to the search bar in the Play Store, and you put in Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And remember, you can call us at 631-965-4990. I want to apologize to all the fans. We had some technical difficulties before we started the show. So we started a little bit late, but obviously we have a great show lined up for you. At 6.30, who do we have on the phone, Mr. Anthony? We have Jackhammer Champ, Mike Basile from Vamos. So so we're going to have him on the show. And then at 7.45, who do we have on the phone? Ian Heinrich from knockout fame from, <laughs> from UFC 250. Um, coming off a nice victory over Gerald Meesgrant, first round knockout. He'll be joining us at 7.45. So, bonus, we're going to be running over a little bit over, but that's just more time for everybody to enjoy. Exactly, and that's what we're here for. We're here to give you guys a little bit, uh, take you away from your families and, and, and talk a little bit of MMA and boxing, combat sports, and have a little bit of fun with you guys. And that's what we're going to do on this show today, and we do that every single day. Anthony, what I really want to get into, and I, I see that we have a little bit of technical difficulties over here. I don't understand why that's going on. But, uh, Speedy, I want you to go look at the video feed right now going on on the Facebook, compu- Facebook right now because I think we're having problems right now. Uh, anyways, I, I, do want to get into, uh, I, I do want to get into the MMA uh, that's coming up over, over the weekend, mm-hmm. uh, UFC 251. So why don't we get into that? Sounds good. Well, after uh, Gilbert Burns came up positive, now we have, and he passed all of his COVID tests from what was um, mentioned today after the weigh-ins. The BMF champion, Masvidal, is jumping in. So a lot of people wanted to see this fight. I know Masvidal was drooling over this fight and wanted it from day one over Gilbert. Um, So... Now he's going to get his chance to see if he could hold up that uh, and reinforce that Toys R Us belt that he's walking around with over Usman. So we'll see how that goes. Also, you have Peter Yan and Jose Aldo getting a much undeserved title shot with Peter Yan 
for the vacated title that <laughs> Henry Cerruto, I think, is questioning why he gave that up and retired. But he's gonna. That's gonna be the co-main event along with Alex Volk. Uh, Alex Volkanowski. Looks like you're not the only one who has a hard time with these last names. Alex I have a hard time with a lot of things. Man. Alex Volkanowski uh, going do. over Max Holloway in a return bout for the title as well. Um, it's a it's a decent card. It's a decent card. This is going to be on Fight Island. They're going to be fighting right off the beach, which should be really interesting. You know what I mean? I'm I'm sure you're going to see the guys with the push brooms pushing the sand out of their. Uh, you know what I want to do? I want to take a push broom and sp- really push Speedy out of this room. What do you think about that? Okay, we're not getting into the Speedy thing today. Uh... We're not getting into the Speedy thing today. That's Monday, Tuesday. Thursday, whatever. That's that's. But that. this is this was no, what no, makes no. this show so interesting and so fun no, no. is like we can get into it and argue our points and make fun of people. So that's what I'm here and that's I, what I'm doing. There's too many people that I want, and Speedy unfortunately is not on the list for you. I'm sorry. But I I do want to get in UFC two four two fifty one. Uh, Mad Vidal, who actually stepped in uh, this particular fight because um, uh, what's his name again? Um, had to back out. Beck had to back out of this fight, uh, obviously because of injury. You talk about Usman, and, and Usman is, right now, he's one of the best fighters in the UFC. Uh, this is a guy that it completely dominated, and we saw the last couple of fights. And, and Covington, and I love Covington. I think he's a great fighter. I know a lot of people think that I'm taking shots at Covington. I think that he's a, he got his butt whipped by Usman. But in my eyes, he didn't get his butt whipped, but he completely got demolished, especially in the third, fourth, and fifth round. Mm-hmm. Now, when you look at this fight with Masvidal, Masvidal is a stand-up fighter. This guy loves to take, loves to dish out the beatings, but he's also pretty good on the ground. Believe it or not, a lot of people don't see it because most of his fights end up either him knocking him out or him getting knocked out or one of the other. But this is a guy that's a very good fighter, all-around fighter. He can take you to the ground. He could defend. He can defend you on the ground. And in and, and this fight, I think the advantage goes Masvidal because I'll tell you why. The same reason why when we look at Ferguson and um, Gagey. Gagey was walking into a fight where Ferguson was training against Khabib. He was, he was training to fight Khabib. And now you look at Mavidal. Mavidal is not Beck. He is not the same fighter as Beck. Beck is a good stand-up fighter, but he's not Burns. Mavidal. You mean Burns. I'm sorry, Burns. Burns. That's, why I keep, that's why I asked you because whatever. But Burns. And Burns is a good stand-up fighter. But he's not Mavidal. And Mavidal is a guy has knockout power. He likes to go straight forward. He, he doesn't move backwards. He always goes forward. And, and that's why this fight is going to be very amusing because Usman is the same kind of fighter. He doesn't move backwards. He moves forwards. The question is, is Usman going into this fight ready to fight a capable fighter uh, against him? And Mavidal has a lot to prove, a lot to prove because he does have – uh, a made-up belt, a belt that nobody gives a crap about. And Mavidal wanted that big contract by the UFC. UFC gave him a contract. It wasn't the contract that he wanted. But he's happy. But he's happy with the contract. And I think the reason why Dana White gave him that contract, mainly, was because of this fight. He yes. wanted to get him in that octagon. He needed a fighter to move in on yes. that. I totally agree. And I think Mavidal got what he wanted because he absolutely stepped into this fight against Usman at UFC 251. And quite frankly, do I see it as the same thing as that whole Ferguson Gagey thing? No. Why? Because I feel like Burns was a tougher fight for Usman than Masvidal was. Because Masvidal is coming off of, I guess we could call it, of a, a, a viral fame. Because let's be real, he a year ago, almost to the day, he knocked out 
Ben Askren with that freaking knee. But then again, it's Ben Askren. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got one win. That was the, as we always talk about with the whole Demetrius Johnson trade that they did, it was just the worst possible pickup ever. Anthony, you know don't I mean? you think that looking at this fight, it's it's more interesting to watch, to watch Madvidal versus Usman than Gilbert Burns? Gilbert Burns is a veteran fighter. He's 33 years old. And by the way, I said, Beck, I want to apologize to all the fans. I've had a very long Day, week. okay, a long, long week. You've had a long week, and the fact that I'm still sitting here in this chair <laughs> is pretty—it's pretty amazing. So I want to apologize to the fans because I, I, as as the show moves on, I'll get more stronger with with my speech and and really throughout this show. But I think Mod Vidal is more interesting watching yes. this fight against Usman than Gilbert Burns because Gilbert Burns, even though he's a veteran fighter, he's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu artist who likes to take you down. He is not. He's not a big name. He really isn't. And Mavidal is a big name. He is a big name. And Mavidal wanted a fight like this. He wants the belt. And he has a lot to prove. If he wins this fight, he doesn't have one, but he has two belts. One belt that's a made-up belt, but he still has it. (laughs) He still has a belt. So I'm interested to see how he's going to come out in this fight. Is he going to go after Usman? And is Usman going to be ready to fight a guy with the power and the strength that Mavidal can provide? I think he will. I, I think because the one thing about Usman is a lot of times I, I feel in some regard people underestimate Usman just like Tyrone Woodley did. And we all remember what the hell happened with Tyrone Woodley. And we're not talking – Woodley's a strong guy, a solid wrestler and such. Masvidal, Masvidal wanted this fight really bad, and Masvidal, quite frankly, turned himself into a little bit of the villain with all of the crap talking. As you were saying, yes, he's not he, – it's more commercially um, – viable than Burns because Burns is more of an under radar. He's very understated, very quiet guy. Um, from the a purist standpoint, a lot of people would like to watch that fight, Usman and all that. From a commercial standpoint, you want to sell pay-per-views, you want a Masvidal. Mm-hmm. And Masvidal, if he ever wanted the money, he was in the best. Once that COVID thing came up, not that we wish anything bad on anybody, right? the minute you saw the breaking news, he's out against Usman, all of a sudden, he heard dollar signs, and it sounded like probably a cash register, just cha-ching. Well, I, I want some dollars. So. so if anybody has some money, <laughs> so. you can send me some money. Because after all the money I've spent in the last couple of weeks, uh, especially for the network, uh, I, I, I could use a couple of bucks. So uh, John, John, who's watching us right now, Snug the Cat, anybody that's on, send me some money, baby. Send me some money. But I, I'm, I'm very intrigued with this fight because I wanted to see Mob Vidal uh, go for a big title fight because I think the guy has got the power. I think he has the knockout power to knock somebody out. Usman is he's an all around good fighter. He he's great in every single area. He's a good wrestler. I still he think he's underrated. Out. I don't think he does. I I still don't think Usman gets the credit he deserves as how talented he is because of some of the matchups that he's had. I don't think since right now, as we always talk about the talent pool not having those big dynamic names like you used to when you would see a big division where you would have eight or nine knockout artists in one division, mm-hmm. I feel like that he's almost like a victim of that talent pool where after Woodley, <laughs> after Woodley, there was Covington. Is Covington better than Woodley? Me personally, I don't think so. No. Now, no. what happens? You When you beat the top guy and all the other guys are very inferior to that mm-hmm. or maybe a little bit lesser, um, you don't get that street cred, as you would call it. You don't get that street cred at all. And I feel like that's why he could get underestimated. He doesn't get really... And he's going to be the next champion that you're going to see where he's going to have maybe a run. He gets past this fight. He's going to have another three, four title defenses. Right. And he's going to start complaining about the money. 
Let's be real. Mm-hmm. Why? Because if it Gilbert Burns and him, you know damn well Dana White, and plus is on fi- Fighter Island. This was the money making. Well, what's up with this Fighter Island? I, I've been hearing about Fighter Island for for the last couple of months. It's not a beach of a beach in Abu Dhabi. So why do they call it Fighter Island? Do they fight every single day over there? On the beach. Is it street fights? So no, what, what's going it's on? Fight over Island. There? It's an island off by Abu Dhabi. It's on a beach. It's sitting out there in the middle of. So what makes it so impressive, Anthony? I mean, because everything that we've heard—it's with... it's not that it's impressive, but it's it's Dana White doing um, blowing I things the D up. Word. I said the D word. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but it's him doing that. You know, it's, it hasn't been done yet. Even though we've seen fights, if you go way back to the King of the Cage, we have had fights outdoors. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what I mean in California and, and such. But now it's on a beach. You know, a very Gilligan's Island like. You know if. Gilligan's Island. I loved that show. By the way, I don't know if you didn't anybody. Think I was going to say Baywatch, did you? No, but I I, I love Gilligan's <laughs> Island. I love the skipper. I I, I love the skipper because the skipper for some reason always got the girls. <laughs> was a big cuddly guy. I mean, <laughs> no, he didn't. He never got the guys. Guy. He never Come got on, the girls. Man. He probably got the guys. <laughs> you know, it's just the way it happens. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I, I, I think that when you look at this fight, and, and this is a pretty good fight. The fight card, card is the pretty card damn is good. pretty damn it good. It is pretty damn this good. This is probably one of their best fight cards in probably the last I would six have liked months. It, I would have liked to keep it over in the Apex, personally, mm-hmm. because I feel with this traveling, just like what happened with Gilbert, you're going to see a couple of weeks from now, I think it's too much risk with spreading things around when you start going. Not that they didn't do a good job, because you saw on a lot of the uh, video blogs and things like that, you saw how they kept everybody isolated and everything. So they did whatever they can do. But I feel like when you start moving a little bit too far away, you're gonna things are gonna pop up a couple of weeks from now. Well, I, I do, I, I do like the the fact that Cage Van Zandt is coming back. I, I am, I've always been a big fan of, of Paige. Oh, I've been a big oh, fan of Paige. God, what do you mean? Oh God, you don't oh, think she's a beautiful God. woman? What the hell's that have to do with fighting? I, nothing. But that's, at least it's something to look at. What the at. hell's that have to do with fighting? It's something to look at. You know, I mean, oh. What? I mean, if, if you're going to enjoy something, you might as well enjoy it when, uh, when two beautiful women are fighting, right? I mean, no, it's I, a fight. It, it is a fight, but at least you have something to look at. And I, I actually enjoy looking at it. You have something to look at, at the fight. Well, I, again, I, I like looking at the fight, but oh at least it, if you, you have, have a page, beautiful... you, you have like like a page autograph somewhere or something. No, like I, I don't ask. Come I mean, on, you, you know this. You know I didn't this. Say, I didn't say you. Asked. I don't ask. I don't ask for autographs. I never do. No, if anything, they'll ask for my autograph before I ask for this. Oh, Madonna, me. Is yeah. this room big enough? Uh, is no, this big room? No. Is this room big enough for the cranium expansion? But I love the women this. fights in on this card. I really do. And now, uh, yeah. Peter Yan versus Jose, Jose Aldo. I mean, Peter Yan, who is. Uh, he's been deserving of this title fight for a long time. Josie Aldo, and I'll say it, and I've said it a million times, does not deserve this title fight coming off three losses in a row where those guys went to title fights. Some of them won. In fact, Alex Volkanowski, who went against Matt Holloway, how did he get that title fight to take the belt away from Max? Mm-hmm. He went through Jose Aldo. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? When it's all said and done, the gatekeeper to title fights is Jose Aldo. So now Peter can get a title from just by going through Pete, uh, Jose Aldo. It, if it, there's not a knockout, it's it's either going to be a knock one of those knockout fights mm-hmm. or a very long five-round fight where everybody's going to be double-checking to make sure that the round wasn't really ten minutes and it's still only five. Um, 
I like that Rose is on this card. I like that rematch. Je- yep. I, Remember that's the rematch for This the, is a really Jessica really took that good title card. from her. This is a really, really good card. Even the I, undercard has some nice fighters on there. Davy Grant. Mm-hmm. Um Davy Grant's fighting. He was from the Ultimate Fighter when um uh, Rhonda and Misha Tate were going at it mm-hmm. and stuff. Um all the way back from then. Davy Grant, real good fighter. He comes out of Wales. Um who else? Uh Vulcan. A former well, we'll go light over, heavyweight we'll, title. We'll go over the results. No, 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 I don't go over the picks, but for once, I mean, and I did like the last fight card. I know you. No, remember, I hated it. I know you did. It was absolutely terrific. It was horrendous. I kind of liked it. Well, going into it, I kind of liked it. Yeah. Um, going into it, and going then when into you're, it, I liked it. and, and then when we got to watch it, I it was, was like, just, "Hello." It was boring uh, <laughs> as hell, man. I'm serious. But this fight, you know what I mean? It has a making some nice things. Oh, it, so this card is is great. Can you imagine what happens? And I'll tell you right now, I real I don't know if he's going to, but I'm really pulling for Max Holloway because I feel like Max Holloway winning the belt back from Alex helps that division mm-hmm. because then it's not one of those. Okay, now Max is you know slipping down the ranks. You have a little bit of you could see a tr- you know as you would call it a trilogy coming up. Things can move around. It, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, Peter Yan, once he goes through Jose Aldo, hopefully our Long Island, uh, our Long Island boy Aljamay Sterling gets in there for the first title defense. N- regardless of who wins, mm-hmm. even if Jose Aldo get, sneaks out a boring ass decision, pardon my language, J- Aljamay's got to be next up. Well, he's Al- not J- next up. He should have been in this fight. Uh, it should have been I, Peter I, and Aljamay. Why isn't Aljamay on his show? Why does he ever come on this show? I mean, he's been on every single other show. He's, but he's, he's, trying, he's, he's, he's on every single other show, but that's ours. Because, Ariel? Every, every single show he's been on. Aljamay yeah. has been on every single show, but ours. I don't know. Does he like you? I I don't know if he knows I mean, he, me. He knows you. Know, you. He, he, yeah, but you know, you, you got that problem with his coach. Oh, get out of here. You that, got that problem with his coach. No, I, I have no problem with his coach. You got that problem with his coach. Well, who? Remember, he's a Sarah guy. So What? Ray Longo? No, you, you, don't like Matt, you don't like Matt Sarah. I don't like Matt Sarah. I well, never like Matt of, Sarah. That kind of puts a damper on things. Oh, listen, whatever whatever I have on Matt Sarah has nothing to do with Aljamay. No, Aljamay, it has nothing to do Aljamay, with Aljamay. Aljamay is deserve. He's been in the top four in that division for God knows probably at least two years, and he's been snubbed every damn month has gone by in those two years. Well, hopefully he won't be snubbed. He should have been. He got snubbed in this one. He should have been on Fight Island. And he will be. Uh, he's got Peter Yan versus Jose Aldo. Whoever wins that fight is probably going to fight Aljamay. So Aljamay is going to get his title shot. He, he's got to keep sick winning. of the Jose Aldo thing because, honestly, how many more times he's you got to go through the he's How a big many name. times do you have to go through the wild? You could have still had ticket sales if you put Jose against somebody else not in a title fight. He, mm. if, if, if he could sell tickets without it, with a title fight, you know damn well he could sell them without it. It's going to be very interesting moving forward when you talk about Jose Aldo versus Peter Yan. I like Peter Yan. I think he's a great fighter. And Peter Yan could be Jose Aldo. As a matter of fact, I predict he's going to be Jose Aldo. This might be the last fight of Jose Aldo's career. Because I, I could see him retiring right after the fight. Because this guy has not been a good fighter really since he's been knocked out by Conor McGregor. He has not been the same fighter. No. Not even close. This guy was one of the best fighters in the world. He he went into the UFC undefeated. He, he he had three or four fights before he lost that fight with Conor McGregor. He was a champion. So I it, he has been a complete loss for the UFC. And I understand that Dana White is trying to find a way to bring these old guys back and give them a chance to win a title where he's a big name, he's going to be a draw. It's kind of interesting that Jose is actually going through the same thing that... 
um, Uriah Faber went through. Mm-hmm. Af- what happened after Jose fought Uriah Faber in the WEC? Yep. What happened? Turned his leg into hamburger. Uriah Faber very, very much under the woodwork. And he was like never that. the same. Never the same. No. He did have one that one victory after a big layoff. Mm-hmm. He came back and had that one victory, um, a very nice victory. But when it's all said and done, now he's going through it, the phases. It happens. You know what I mean? Sometimes you can say, oh, if you remember one time, he was in discussion for being the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. And that one win, that one loss, it messes with you. Everything messes with you. When you when you get into a fight and you lose that fight, you get knocked out. There's only a few fighters over the years, Manny Pacquiao being one of them. Manny Pacquiao got knocked the hell out by Marquez. Knocked the hell out. If everybody reminds he was flat out dead. And then it came out, a lot of people believe Marquez was on steroids, which I believe he was. And, 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 and that's why he got knocked. That's why Pacquiao. Pacquiao, everybody said he was never going to be the same. It mm-hmm. took a little while, and then Pacquiao is now on top of the world again. He's one of the best fighters in the world again. This guy's in his late 30s, or going to be in early 40s, and he's still a top fighter right now in his division. So there are certain fighters that have that heart and, and that could push forward and, and get another opportunity at a belt or be a superstar fighter that he's been over the last 10 years. And there are other fighters that once they get knocked out, they're not the same. And, and Jose Aldo is one of those guys. He has never been the same since he's been knocked out. And, and you look at Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor, he got choked out, Khabib. And, and then he stayed away from fighting for almost two years. He was suspended for nine months, just like Khabib. And then they decide, he decided to sit back and build his whiskey and build his brand, which he's done a very, very good job of it. And then he came back and he beat Cerrone. And, and now all of a sudden he's on top of the world again. So the question is, and we're going to get Mike Basile in on just yeah. one second. We're going to go to break. But I will say this one second. My question is to all the fans out there, when you look at Jose Aldo, is Jose Aldo the fighter that everybody thought he was going to be, or is he going to be back in the ring against Peter Yan and be the fighter that I thought he should have been in the last couple of fights? When we come back, we are going to be talking to, go ahead, Jack Hammer champ, Mike Basile, here on the great Caged In MMA. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. It's time! Introducing first. Fighting out of the blue corner. Right there, right there. Hold on, right there. Boom, I faked him. Oh, whoa. That was, whoa. I'm back. But, Mamba Babo, how you say that name? I'm going to go home tonight. I'm going to drink at Coors Light. Fighting out of the red corner. I completely dominated that fifth round. That fifth round want me to fight. From the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. <laughs> In MMA. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. We're always back. I, 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 every time I say this over and over and over again, we, uh, we've had a lot of technical difficulties today. But uh, I'm happy that we're back. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have our caller, our first guest of the show. Hopefully, he hears us now. Mike Basile. What's going on, Mike? 
What's going on, guys? How y'all doing? It was all Anthony's phone. We tried to put you through on Anthony's phone. It didn't work. But it's always my phone. It's, it's, it's always, always you. Else. It's, it's always, always you. Man. You know what the funny thing is? It, when it comes to techno- technological problems, technological. Call it what you want. Like a dog over here. Call, hey, listen, <laughs> top dog, top dog. Oh, God f- damn first it. of all. Team Gratitude, everybody knows Team You're Gratitude. You're really going to start this yes, with Mike? Yes, Mike you is know, gonna, he's going to be wearing my shirt, not your shirt. You sure about that? By the time he's done right. with this show, I don't care if you're a referee, I don't care what you do, he's going to know. I'm just a good person. Uh, is that is that what you call this? I'm a I'm a just a delightful person. Well, I am I am not delightful. I am, not delightful. I am not delightful today, and you know why no, you're I'm not. not delightful. No, you know why I'm not. No, you're you're you know. I'm I've been a. I'll tell you guys, all the fans out here. I have been a prick all day because there's so much going on. See that, Mike? Well, Mike, it's true. You want a it's true. I'm says, honest. I want honest. a T-shirt that says Mr. Prick. No, Mr. Gratitude. <laughs> You know what? I, I sometimes I wonder how we are partners, but for because, some reason it works. Because it works. It, 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 it does. works. This it show does. is wonderful. Yeah, it is wonderful. Wonderful. Because should we because go I'm back? On it. Should we go I'm back in time? <laughs> should we go back in time to when you first, when you all the way back uh, to when you were like this high starting this show? Well, hold on one second. What are you, what are you talking about? Uh-huh. Are you making it seem like I'm small or something? No, I'm is just saying. Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm just saying you had some, a, you had some colorful not, people yeah. help, working with you on Kyle this show. Kyle Carroll. Okay, I didn't say it. I will say it. Say it. Well, I don't have to say well, it. You, you, you guys it. know. You guys know what I, I feel. I'll tell all of you guys. Kyle Carroll and Kerry Stellar, every single one of them. And you can hear it. The only person I enjoy working with on this show, well, not this show, the other MMA shows that we had, is Mike Washington. I love Mike. Mike's a good friend of mine. He's the only person I enjoy, besides you, Anthony, when you're not pissing me off half the time. But... <laughs> Then again, hey, listen, when, when you do something great, why stop? Well, you do something great. Uh, hopefully it's but not going to the bathroom. Just so you know, we, we, have, a, we have a guest on the phone. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Mike, what's going on, man? What, what's going on, Mike? Uh, um, Bobby Campbell's Jackhammer Promotions. Tell us a little bit about uh, moving forward with everything that's going on with the COVID-19. There's a fight coming up. Uh, tell us uh, who you're fighting and where do you see yourself in this fight? Well, to start off, Bobby Campbell's show, The Beatdown 3, is happening at Mulcahy in Wanta on August 9th. At, uh, I think the doors open at 1 o'clock. First start, the uh, first fight starts at 1.30. Um, awesome show. Awesome promoter. I got nothing but respect for Bobby Campbell. You know, he, he knows how to put on a show. Oh, stop kissing his ass. Stop kissing his ass. <laughs> we all know. We, know we, well, we all love Bobby Campbell. But I'm telling you, Bobby, I'm not going to kiss your ass. I am not. I love you, <laughs> but I'm not going to kiss your ass. Go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. Man. I'm sorry. No, it's all good. Uh, the guy I'm fighting, Carlos Torres, uh, he's been on the show multiple times before. He actually fought both of my last opponents, Mackenzie Hayden and uh, Tony Oriema. Um, yeah, we're, we're the main event, man. That's it. We're fucking we're running the show. Well, you know, I run the show here, you know, because everybody knows <laughs> Team Gratitude is always ahead of Team Panda. He may run the show here, but the reason why people watch the show is because of me. Oh, get out of here. Get the hell out of here. You can run the show. Listen, you know? everybody knows who is the speed of this show, okay? They know. They know what drives this show. Well, yeah, you drive it in a different way, you know? Yeah, with, with viewers. Well, get out of here. What the... Oh, so you're telling me that if you weren't on a show, there wouldn't be any viewers to this show? We should have a vote. Oh, uh, man, you guys are like the odd couple. This we should have great. a vote. 
You should have a vote. You, you want to have a vote? We you want to have a vote? vote? We will have a vote. I will have Jillian and Ricky post it up on social media. Actually, you'll win. You know why? Because everybody will vote against me because they can't stand me half the time. <laughs> what does that tell you? Uh, what does that tell you? It what just, does that tell the you? The fans know how I am, and maybe, they just can't maybe, stand maybe, the way maybe, I talk. Maybe it's your voice. <laughs> oh, my voice? Your voice is not now you're taking cheerful. shots at my voice? I'm not taking shots. I'm just putting oh, man. Jeez, man. What, what, what do I have to wait, do to prove wait. my point? You know here? what you have to prove? What? We have a guest on the phone. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Go ahead, ask the question, buddy. I mean, what so now, go now dealing with all this COVID stuff and everything. What were you told, or what do you know so far going into it in regards to? Because we know people are selling tickets. We know people are selling yep. tickets. We know people are buying tickets. Now, I don't have any one thousand percent definites or anything like that. But the last time I checked, the Yankees don't have anybody coming to watch the home opener. So I'll go. what's going on with spectators and such? Is that a definite that these tickets are, are they just, or is it just when the time comes and we get the green light and all that, or is it definitely a go with spectators or is this going to be just like the UFC where there's not going to be any spectators? Well, this is, this is pretty much how it stands right now. And this is coming directly from Bobby Campbell. So, mm-hmm. you know, he only gets the information that he gets like on a day-to-day basis. Right. So, you know, one day the fights are on, next day, you know, it's a 90% chance. It's, you know, it's always up in the air as of right now because of this whole COVID thing. Um, but for many of the people that are in the organizations, they're saying that this fight is pretty much going to get the green light. It's just a matter of, you know, the time will tell. Um, so the fight will definitely happen, but we're just we're just right now waiting to find out about the spectator deal. Pretty much, yeah. It's pretty much what Mulcahy is doing. They're going to be doing a twenty five percent attendance for the uh, for the event, just okay. to stay with regulations with restaurants and uh, the indoor seating and whatnot. So as of right now, the only thing that would hold it back is the state. You know, I, I don't think Thomas Gonzo or anyone of that nature would be able to, or not would be able to, but would would cause anything to stop this fight. Mike, when, when you look at Bobby Campbell's fights, and, and I, I've been to a lot of them, and the guy is as good a promoter as is, is there any amateur fighter, you know, any amateur organization out here in Long Island? I'm sorry. A uh, little, I'm, I'm reading what everybody is writing over here about me and, and giving Anthony. They're all Anthony's friends. That's what's going on here. First off, they're, it's not about my friends. You're all know his friends. The, this is Joe Becker. He's a referee. You know these guys. He's your boy. He's your friend. You know him. He's your friend. That's why he's attacking Listen, me. No, but I mean, I'm he's, flabbergasted he's here. Tell, no, he's not saying nobody's going to watch I'm without dead me. Out of you. That, that's what, what he said. No, he that's said what your he mother's said. going to watch. My, my mother. That, that, that's the only person that's going to watch this show. Get out of here. It's somebody. <laughs> Joe, you know what? You know what, Joe? When I see you next, I'm not even going to talk to you. I am so pissed off at you right now. You know bro. what he's going to say right now what? after you said that? What? Thanks for doing me the favor. Well, um, I will do him a favor. I will completely ignore him. Just like I do now, they have going the back, you got the champ on the phone. What okay. is it with you? I'm sorry, Mike. I, oh my I'm God, sorry. you're like the little do- you're like the dog from Up, Squirrel. Oh, what what, what the that's hell? What you just did just well, now. All of a sudden, now you can put you're going to put me down and call me a dog. No, I said you were like no, you the just, dog from Arrow. You're calling no, me a dog. I'm, no, you got distracted. You just called me a dog. Oh man, well, I mean. Just You're a panda. I am not a dog. Okay. Cute, cuddly, I am, endangered. I am species. team gratitude. One of a kind. Everybody, I'll take it. Team gratitude. I'm telling you, you, you got to be on this you, team. Why are you begging? I'm why not are you begging? begging anybody. That's what I'm just. Like. Well, you know what? Anyways, Mike, Mike, uh, <laughs> coming, you know, getting into your fight and, and going into this fight, you, you talk about some of the great fighters we've seen on Bobby Campbell's cards. Tell us a little bit about this particular card and what fights besides your own stick out to you the most on this card. Oh man. 
If we're, uh, if we're talking just strictly the MMA card, or what are we talking here? We're talking both events he's got well, going that's on. Just he it. does he... have kickboxing mania going on. Yeah. Uh, tell us what what on this on this card, what fights stand out the most to you? What what are the fights that you see to be great fights? I know you're going to say all of them, but what oh, fight yeah. stands out besides your own? Uh, honestly, the main event for the kickboxing mania, the Queen of New York championship with Kelly Boyle and Page, that's that's going to be an interesting fight. That's been building up since the beginning of the year. You know, when they had the whole uh, the whole eight women tournament. You know that that's going to be an interesting to uh, to a trilogy of fights. Uh, not with her, with not with Kelly and Page, but just just the road that they had to take to get there. Um, another fight that's on my radar too is Sergio Rivera fighting for the K1 title for Jack Hammer. That's my boy right there. So I, I can't, there's nothing I can say about him. He's a good guy. Uh, he's an amazing fighter. And that's, uh, that's definitely another fight that's on my radar. I cannot wait to watch that one. Uh, I also got, who else? I got Sosa and uh, Dukos fighting for the ISKA title on the beatdown three. Dukos, I was there. He was actually there in my corner. Or not in my corner, but he was in the same room as me when I had my first kickboxing fight years ago. And, like, the guy is, like, the nicest dude that could literally beat the hell out of you. That was Joe Pulio show? Uh, yes. Yes, Joe Pulio. Joe Pulio. Yep, yep. Dropkick, super fights, man. That was that was a hell of a time. And, too, and it's like, but, like, that, and just seeing him fight again, like, I haven't seen any recent news on him lately. So to see him jump back into the, uh, to the circle right now, it's it's absolutely amazing. And then also my, uh, my boy, Mackenzie Hayden. Actually, one of my guys that I fought against, he's uh, he's also fighting against a guy named Hancho. That's uh, that's gonna be an interesting fight to see because you know, somewhere down the line, it can fight Hayden, can fight his other guy Hancho, can get a rematch against Tony. You know, we're looking at Victor Mana, we're looking at all these guys at our weight class. So I'm I'm probably yeah, predicting it right now, Errol. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, do not be surprised if you end up seeing Hancho and yeah. Mike going at it. What before the fight? No, 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 no. After the after these, don't be surprised if one of the next bouts you see, probably from Mike or Mike Honcho, is the two of them going against each other. Well, oh, yeah. if if that's what's going to sell and that's what's going to put fannies in the seats, that's what they're well, going mean, to do. That's what Bobby's going to do. It's a night. You know why? Because one thing that Bobby does, you know, he keeps an eye on the matchups and how everything works with who's fought and whoever in the past and such. So in this case, you have Mike Honcho, who is the teammate of Tony, who Mike just last fought and beat. And he already beat Hayden, so now Hancho is going to be Hancho if he beats Hayden. Mike beats Carlos. Mm-hmm. That tells a story right there. Well, I I do I will say this when I when I go to Bobby Campbell's fights and I it, it's very well pro- professionally set up. Everything that he does is to a T, and that's what I love when you go to McKay's and you walk right through. First of all, the structure and the way they built the new McKay's, especially in the back, mm-hmm. the There's back no... end, it gives you a little bit more room, especially <laughs> definitely <laughs> compared to what you used to have. And you you have a place to eat too, so you're right on top of the stage where you can actually see over all the people that are sitting that were sitting and standing on the floor. So I love the setup. And, and by the way, Bobby Campbell he packs every single place out, every single show, every time. Yep, every it, time. It's incredible. It really is. It's it's an incredible feat. And 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 the thing is, is I'm not trying to blow Bobby Bobby up because everybody knows I, I am a good friend of Bobby's and I know a lot of people like to you know like to push things to the limit I, I love what Bobby does not only with his product but really him and Teresa and how they professionally set everybody up and and put people in the right direction in, in, in the right places so I absolutely love what Bobby does I mean Mike 
and at the same time, Bobby's going for this is probably going on what eleven, twelve years now. Yeah. And I mean, yep. let's be real. I think it's yeah. eleven years now. Probably eleven years mm-hmm. now. You don't stick around in New York this long if you have a bad show. It doesn't work out if you don't have that um, fanfare, if you don't have that support, if you don't have that loyalty with the teams and that type of um, dynamic in regards to the relationships that you build over the time and everything. 11 years, it's a long time. A lot of times, promotions don't last that long. They'll either have to rebrand themselves, do something with their partners or whatnot. Bobby's been doing the same thing the same way for this long. I I just want to cut right in Mm -hmm. because we're going to get win with with, uh, Mike. But I I will say this. The two people, when I started doing uh, MMA and, and started an MMA show, the two people that accepted me before every single one of them, and I will say this, Bobby Campbell and Mike Washington, both of them, accepted the fact that with with me, I, I'm an ex-fighter. I boxed. I, I did MMA. And a lot of people sit here when they listen to our show, especially when Mike did the show with me, everybody thinks that I'm just a boxing guy. I, I'm not just a boxing guy. I know MMA. I love MMA just as much as I love boxing. But I, I know me and Bobby have something in common. We both love boxing. We love it. And I think that what Bobby tries to bring to the table is not just MMA. He tries to bring you kickboxing and, and kind of like a boxing profile. He does boxing matches for his events, too. So I love what Bobby does. I, I really do. I, I give him nothing, nothing but my utmost respect. And I think that this card and what we were talking about the other day uh, on the phone, that you said this is a very, very good card. The problem is, and this is what we're, we're, we're going to get into with you, Mike, is the COVID-19. Uh, I mean, yep. we're, we're hearing that uh, people are still selling tickets. Um, I, as, as you know, you were telling yes. us, people were selling tickets. What's going on with that? Are they going to have fans? Or is there going to be an audience over there at Mulcahy's? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the whole, uh, I think that you, I, I do believe that the, whatever the capacity is going to be, it's going to sell out regardless. Um, but yeah, I, I do believe that there will be a fan base there. Since Mulcahy's is considered a restaurant, they are allowed a certain amount of capacity. So with that event being held at Mulcahy's and it be considered a restaurant, it's, I, I believe that there will be fans in the stands. Absolutely. Well, we shall soon see because it seems like every so. day, it seems like pretty much when it comes to these phases and everything, something changes, something this, and, you know, hopefully the biggest thing is hopefully the fight card doesn't change because we know yeah. that there's, um, a small window there that it's a little bit, it's not like blood work. You have to get tested closer to the fight, a, yep. a lot closer than your blood work would have to be done in a normal state in a, or uh, in a normal situation. So now yeah. you could, you could be walking around feeling great, never gotten tested or anything like that. No symptoms or anything. You had a great training cramp, training camp. They swab you. You're positive. Mm-hmm. Everything changes yep, now. And then that's it. The whole thing is scrapped. Everything changes now. So I mean I'm sure, but I'm sure this I'm sure there's terrible. a contingency. Pa- That's contingency. what happened with Burns. That's what happened. That's with That's what happened with yep. Burns. He was walking oh, yeah. around, no symptoms, mm-hmm. no symptoms. He got swabbed, and that was it. Now by the, was in by there. the way, I don't know if anybody had a swab in their nose yet. That is one of the that worst. Annoying things to get in your nose, and it has to hit your brain. They have to stick it all the way down your nose. In, Waiting in for it. it to pop out the back of your head. It's terrible. It's a terrible oh, feeling. Man. Oh, my God. They tell you to breathe in and suck it in. I, I, suck what in? I mean, seriously. <laughs> it, that thing is so annoying. It made me sneeze six or seven times. when it, I, I've had the swab done every single week. I have that swab done every single week at the hospital. 
It's annoying. Oh, Jesus. It is absolutely annoying. I'm getting used to it. I might as well do it on a daily basis. I'm surprised you don't walk <laughs> in with the two damn sticks just sticking out of your nose and just be, pull it out. Bye. I'm leaving. Well, as long as you're not sticking the stick down my nose, I'll, I'll be fine with it. Listen, okay? I adapt very well and I learn fast, Oh, my you're, friend. By the way. I offered to cut your hair a couple weeks ago. Oh, you turned me it. down. That has never happened. You will never touch my hair. I can't shave your hair. I could shave your beard because you got nothing on top of it. Making fun now? No, I'm not making fun. See I'm just being honest with you. See? I, listen, Mike, I have been nothing but kind to this man and generous. Okay, <laughs> me and him, me and him, it's like hot and you know hot and cold. Okay, I, I'm oh, the yeah. hot. Oh, I've watched the show. I'm the hot. He's the cold. You know. Well, why I gotta be cold? Why, I'm heartless. Hot? Is that it? Are you A saying that person? you want to be hot? I'll be cold. Sounds good to me. All right, so I'll be cold. I'm just going with reality. You yeah. just, you know, no, it's you know. your reality. It's not my reality. It's your reality. I'm just saying. I, I'm saying that you're all right, Mike. Um, sorry, Mike. I'm sorry. You have to get sucked into you know, this, Mike. You're, you're not getting sucked. Everybody into gets this. sucked into this eventually. You know what I mean? It Listen, happens. This is what's this is what's great about this show. I, I'm serious. That's we, why I love this show. We we like to entertain people, and we want people to know that this is who we really are. That's the that's the crazy thing. Yes. This is not a character. No. This is not character. When we go this to break, when we go to break, this is what happens during break. We're 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 oh, always yeah. talking. We're always going back and forth, and then we come right back in, and we sit there like nothing is going on, nothing happens. So pretty much, it's it's an interesting. It, it, it definitely is an interesting show when you work with Anthony Androsi. But anyways, Androsi. Ah, there we go. I knew he was going to say that. You see that, Mike? You see that? Yep. Four hundred fifty-seven <laughs> times he said my name. He said it right four times. I knew you were going to say it. That's why. But uh-huh. I, I, I do it pers- purposely to piss you off. You don't just piss me off. There's a whole bunch of Italians, okay, that get really upset. Mm, get out of here. Get really upset when you destroy my name. I, I'm not destroying your name. They I'm just so giving upset. you. Anyways, Mike, when when you look when, when you look at your career as an amateur fighter and and you have the opportunity now. Uh, to continue continue winning winning at a high pace, and you have the belt right now at Bobby Campbell. Do you see yourself going professional as a kickboxer, MMA fighter? What are your plans in the future? And uh, do you see yourself moving forward in MMA or kickboxing? Absolutely, that's the whole end goal of this whole thing. Um, when I first started training years and years ago. Um, Realistically, I wanted to get back into the cage immediately. Uh, I don't know, like, not many people actually know this story about me, but back in 2016, uh, I was still in high school at the time, and I, I've, had, I've had the idea of fighting since, like, I was in, like, my freshman year, even younger than that, like, when I was in middle school, I always wanted to fight professionally. And without really any formal training, I wasn't, wasn't training at my gym yet at Vamos um, at the time. And I actually got on Nick's uh, Triton fight, Nick Abanio's fight uh, for KTFO back when it was in St. James. And I didn't, again, I didn't have a gym, didn't really have any formal training. I just wanted to get in there and fight because I knew that's what I wanted to do. Uh, but ever since then, I, I got my ass beat the first round against this guy, Brandon Pizak. Him and I are actually really good friends now, which is very funny. Hold on. I, I usually... hold, hold on. What, what is his last name? Brandon Pizak. Pizak? Peon yeah. Zach? You really? Pizak, yeah. Are you six years I'm, old? I'm just saying. I mean, <laughs> a P Zach? I mean, come on. That's a that's a crazy name. Could you? Hey, my man, list. I, hey, hey, bro. Don't talk shit about him. I'm not. He will, he's got a hand oh like a bear. God. Big ass paws. Listen, listen, listen. I'm just I'm just speaking the truth here. My last name is Marks. You know what people used to call me in school? They used to call me oh, Skid no. Marks. Okay. Yeah. So uh, all right. So. 
P. Zach, P. on Zach. I mean, I, that's an interesting name. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. What are you covering your eyes for? I'm just being serious. <laughs> I'm just being serious. This is who I am. I, Oh man! This is who I am, guys. This is what I am. You're, so. you, honestly, you're like the little kid in class when, like, the first time you're in health class and you hear the word homosexual, and everybody goes, "Ooh!" You, your eyes just lit up, and he was like, "P's that like were you five? <laughs> now we're bringing different sexualities on the show. Oh, well, what the heck? God! Well, you brought in bodily fluids. Well, what the hell, I, dude? I mean, he just said Pizak. I, I didn't know what he said. I, I didn't name. know it was a name. I said Pizak. I mean. Name. I, I thought he said pee on Zach. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Mike. I'm sorry. No, it's all good. Uh, so back when I fought, when I first fought, you know, uh, I got my, like I said, I got my ass kicked in the first round. Ref stopped it. Back then, it was actually about 245 pounds. I, I was a big boy back then, and uh, I didn't know about the whole weight cutting thing. I never, I never came from like a a martial arts background either. I didn't do. Any like any striking when I was a kid, no boxing, taekwondo, nothing, nothing of the sort. The wrestling, even back in like middle school, high school, yeah, you know, I never did any of that. So when I first started training, it, it's like it was almost like I was just an infant. Like I had no idea about anything that I was getting into. And I, my first, my first love was jiu-jitsu. Um, but I always knew that the end goal was going to be professional, you know, MMA. Um, I did do a couple of kickboxing fights because, you know, my school is, you know, they, they have a certain criteria that they want me to meet before I step back into the cage. Um, but with that, no, the, the whole the whole end goal here is to get to the UFC and get to the top of that mountain as well. I want to become UFC world middleweight champion no matter what. Like that's – I know that this is going to be set in stone for me, and I know this is what I want to do for at least for the rest of my life. You know, the, I'll fight fight as long as I can, and then you know give back to my community afterwards. Open up a school, do my own thing, you know, but give back. Over there, Vamos, you know, Alexander. If everybody doesn't know, he's probably. I've always said there's only maybe two, really, really dynamic Brazilian jiu-jitsu schools in New York, not just Long Island, but in New York. Um, and he's definitely one of them. Over there, they do a lot of stuff, trial by fire. They push for a lot of. Um, activity in regards to competition and such. You've already had how many fights? Around nine? Uh, in total right now, counting kickboxing and whatnot, I've had about seven fights total. You've had about seven. What, seven. At what point, where's that threshold where they're going to where, – where's that big evaluation point of saying we're going to take it to the next level? Because, I mean, a lot of people get crazy with the, well, I haven't had an a, a undefeated record in this now. When it comes to amateur stuff – if you're fighting somebody tough, you know, it's all about repetition. It's all about learning. It's all about getting better, get it out of the way, and amateur and all that. It's not like we're talking about, in your case, you know what I mean? You have a decent record. It's not like the kids that are 1 and 15, and then they say they want to go pro. Not yeah. saying any names. But what yeah. at what point is that threshold? Where's that kind of uh, checkpoint where, you're gonna, where you think you guys are going to make that decision to go pro? You know, that to me, honestly, is that's up to my coaches. Um, I feel as if every day I'm always getting 1% better. Um, my training partner, a good friend of mine, Ryan Dorina, I think you guys may have known him. He's the, you know, he's the champion over at Triton Fights. Mm -hmm. Great mm -hmm. fighter. I know Ryan. Awesome guy. Yep. Oh, yeah, love that guy. Um, you know, he said something to me that really resonated. You know, he's saying, you know, just get 1% better every day. Don't rush things. Just let things come the way that they are. And... 
You know, to me, it, it's it really up to my coaches. We're one day we'll have that sit down. We'll talk about it. But I really do believe that that will be in the future and that will be determined. But it, it's going to happen regardless. You know, it, it'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Didn't you enjoy so far in the show? Besides, you know, Errol's banter. Didn't you also? Didn't haven't you also enjoyed that you haven't had one stupid question asked to you yet? Besides the yeah, oh God. thing, what are you oh, trying I'm to say? What, 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 well, no, he's been on shows. He's been on shows where they ask the stupidest questions in the world, and if there's a fighter or a coach oh. out there, we know which ones Anthony's they are. Anthony's taking shots at somebody. I'll take as many shots. There's a lot of shots. Okay, point blank. If you're a journalist or anything, and you look at a fighter and say, "So, how do you see this fight going?" I dare the next fighter who gets asked that question say, I'm going to lose. Who the hell says things like this? So why the hell would you ask the question? Mm, well, do you feel, Errol, do you feel confident about the next fight? Hmm. No, no, and I know, no, I know no, who you're, ta- I know who you're talking about. There's a lot of about. them. There's I, a lot of them. I know who you're talking about. There's a lot of them. I know who you're throwing under the bus. But I'm, I'm not going to throw say anything. under the bus. They throw themselves I'm under the bus with stupid questions. I'm not going to say anything. So, Mike, Mike, let me ask you something, Mike. Do you feel confident about this fight, Mike? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, there's a there, there's some shit I didn't part my language. Oh, I didn't know what God. was coming. Never saw that one coming. <laughs> Speedy, honestly, we need to make a clip of this one and put it on YouTube because this is a this is a game changer right now. Uh, Speedy's sitting on his throne right now, just wondering what the hell he's doing here. So. Oh, my favorite. <laughs> so let me ask you something about your next fight. Yeah. So how are you going to attack him? That's another f- good one that I'll enjoy. Well, you know, uh, yeah. why would anybody give you know, any of information uh, coming into the just, fight? Nobody know, would do that. Uh, Nobody but, would do but that. But let's ask. Well, a lot of people are anticipating this fight going to the ground, obviously, because he has a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, so Ooh. do I. He's got a wrestling gra- uh, background. I do not, so he feels that he will have an upper hand as, as far as that goes. Uh, but I'm going to take every opportunity that presents to itself because I may be the one holding the belt right now, but I'm still fighting as if I'm getting into that spot. Mm-hmm. So, nice. you know, I'm not, it's not going to be like a Yoel Romero, Israel Adesanya kind of fight <laughs> where I'll win just because the other guy didn't do anything. No, it's, it's going to be a scrap. It's going to be fight of the night. But, you know, it, it's uh, when the opportunity presents itself for, e, for me to either punch him in the face, knee him in the stomach, take him down to the ground, wrap his arm around his head and beat the piss out of his face, then, hey, you know that's that's the way it's going to go. And I mean, Carlos is a is a very is a very fundamentally sound striker. Um, yes. You know, and he he doesn't. I mean, he's had some tough fights. He's gone against just like yourself. You guys have both won against some decent decent competition. So would yep. you say? And I'm just asking. Would you say that this is probably one of your top two opponents that you're going to be going against so far? Uh, yeah, easily. Okay. I can easily say that. Oh yeah. But you know what, that's the thing, though. It's like just about that. It's, you know, every fight is a challenge, whether it was my first kickboxing fight or even when I was just on the mats for jiu-jitsu when, uh, when I did my first competition at Good Fight. You know, it's just everyone always presents a little something different than the last person. So it's like, you know, every fight there's always something to worry about. But, you know, with him it's just another fight. To me it's it's more or less just you know, building my career and have something to look back on when it's all finished. You know what I hate, Mike, more than anything? I, I know you're the main event, but the problem is is that there's so many fights in front of you. And then after the, you know, after the fights, all the different fights go by, go by, go by, more and more people leave. And nobody really gets to see the main event, which is the best fights on the card. 
Does that bother you? When, and I, it bothers me. I'm not even fighting. And I'm standing there all the way to the main events, and I'm waiting for the last three fights. And slowly but surely, it went from a packed place to slowly disintegrating from people to people to people to people. Does that bother you? You know, I'll tell you right now, I'll fight in the back alley. It doesn't really matter. Nobody can. Nobody Good has answer. to be there for me to, Good to, answer. to fight anybody. You know, like, we can get it on at a Dunkin' Donuts parking lot, bro. I don't care. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. Um, but, you know, it is a different aspect, seeing, like, even, like, in the UFC fights. You know, the guys who are funding the Apex Center now that only have their coaches and some refs and, you know, the, the ring girls. That's it. You know, it, it's it's definitely weird from seeing from, like, a, like a, like not a stadium, but, like, an arena with, like, 20,000 people be just subsidized down to, like, 30 people in one place. You know, it is it is definitely weird to not have a full crowd, but again, that none of that ever matters to me. And the people who actually worry about that shouldn't be fighting in the first place. If they're worried about who's going to be at the fight more than the actual fight itself, you're not a fighter, bro. Well, that's not, well, well hold, that's, hold, that's, that's, hold on, Mike. Now, I, I know I you know everybody likes to take shots. Now, I, I'm I'm not saying yeah. that I'm not saying that you should care. I'm saying that it does bother me that people pay fifty, sixty dollars yep. to go and see these fights. And yep. they see their their friends fight, and then they leave. When the best part of the card is at the end of the fights. I mean, that's what everybody can't wait for. The last three, four fights are the best fights on the card. Hence the reason why the main event. That's why they call yep. it the main event. Why do they leave? That, that does bother me. Maybe it doesn't bother you as a fighter, but as a skeptic, as a press guy, and a person that goes and tries to enjoy the fights, I want to see the best fights on the card. Why are you leaving knowing that the best fights are at the end of the card? I, to me, I understand what you're saying as a fighter, but me as a person that enjoys the fights, I'm going to stay there and watch all the fights, especially the ones at the end. I absolutely agree. And you know what, being... Just as much as I'm a fighter, I'm also a spectator of the sport as well. I, I've mentioned this to people before that you know I absolutely love everything about this sport. Um, even like watching boxing, kickboxing, just every every combat sport that's out there. I always I always try to watch the entire event. You know, but people think you're right. People pay good money to watch it and then leave after their buddies are done. It's like, you know, it, it just. I'm not saying that the fans are bad because they're not. They're coming out and supporting the show. They're supporting the fighters and whatnot. But it, it's definitely like. It's almost like buying like a Big Mac and then like throwing out the bun and then like throwing away the pickles and the tomato. Oh, I'm just going to have this. This is what I really wanted. You know, it's like you're not getting the full thing. You know, you're wasting all that money for nothing. It's I think that people it's it's tough. It's a tough one because, you know, you people people go there to support their friends and then that's it. A lot of people like to do. A lot of people like to support their friends, but they don't support local MMA. And I think that's a huge problem because, you know, a lot of these guys don't train. A lot of these guys don't know what it's like to, you know, do the weight cut, go through an eight-week fight camp and spar all these rounds and roll all these rounds. And it's, you know, that's a tough one to answer because a lot of people just care for their friends more, which is not a problem to me, honestly. It's like, again, I can I can fight and I can sit in an empty arena and watch fights all day, but... You know, you will you will have those people who just bought the tickets and don't know any of the fighters. Mm -hmm. So it really that's a that is a really tough question to answer. Actually, I, now that I'm thinking about that's more. why I asked it. And I, I will say this: you mentioned Long Island and the fighters out here on Long Island, and it's incredible how big the sport is out here. Everybody talks about all the other sports. Hockey's become very very big out here with some of the 
big-time draft picks we've seen last year. There were six Long Islanders drafted in the first two rounds. And you look at the NBA, you're looking at Harris, you're looking at all these different kids that are coming out of the NBA getting drafted. And then even the NFL, there were three Long Islanders drafted in the first five rounds of the NFL draft. So when you look at... When you look at guys like Chris Weidman and, and all the different MMA fighters that come out of Matt Sarah uh, and, and how far they've gone, not only in the UFC, some of the guys coming from Bellator, do you see Long Island the place to be when it comes to MMA fighting? Absolutely. There's a hotbed of fighters out of here with magnitudes of talent that just it, – it, you, you can't find that anywhere else, the kind of – just a dynamic that Long Island fighters bring. You would see that, like maybe with Mexican boxers. You know, those guys are entertaining as hell to watch because they never quit. You know, and it's it's just Long Island is definitely the place to be if you want to be a fighter. There's definitely a lot of great schools out here to get you jump started to, uh, to you know get your name out there. So how many you people? Know, how, how many people? How many trainers and owners have paid you to say that? Nobody. Nobody at all, actually. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just trying to stir up. Everybody, if anybody actually watches this show, this is who I am. I stir up trouble on this show. That's what I do. And and if you guys want to punch me when you meet me, that's fine. Uh, I was a fighter, too, you know. But I'm cool. I'm outgoing. But when I'm when I'm here, I this is my sector. And, and when I talk sports and I talk MMA and my thoughts to – uh, the growth of MMA here on Long Island. Me and Anthony talk about this all the time. Not just Long Island. Queens, Brooklyn, the five boroughs. It's incredible when you, you look at some of the talent that is growing over here and some of the different schools. There, it, it's, it's really, and, and you know the big schools out here on Long Island. You know the names, and, and as, as well as you know the names out in Queens, Brooklyn, and Manhattan, and even Staten Island. There are a lot of big yep. schools uh, throughout this tri-state. When you look at some of the fighters like Frankie Edgar, and, and by the way, I'm a very good friend of Frankie's, and uh, we've talked about this over the years uh, of, of the growth of MMA, especially out here on the East Coast, not just here in New York, but all over the East Coast. You're talking about Florida. We're talking about New Jersey, all the different places out here. What is your thoughts to being that you're, you're a fighter, you want to be in the UFC, and, and what, what's going on with this COVID-19? What are your thoughts to the, the thought of some of these Long Islanders moving forward in their careers, not only in the UFC, Bellator, and some of these undercard organizations right now, the knuckle, the bare knuckle or tournaments that they have right now, Mike Tyson uh, you know, coming out of retirement to fight in the bare, bare knuckle tournaments. What is your thoughts to uh, the upcoming fighters now here in Long Island? And, and give us some names because you know a lot of fighters. You've seen them on the cards. What are the fighters that really peak to you that you see the upcoming fighters that are going to get an opportunity in the UFC, Bare Knuckle, or Bellator? Uh, just to name a few right off the bat, uh, Alpha Tor, who's actually fought a lot of times on Bobby Campbell's promotions and whatnot. He's, uh, he's definitely a fighter to look at, especially coming from where he came from, and now he's, now he's here on Long Island mixing everything up. And he's in the city, too. He's, I think uh, I remember he's from Brooklyn. Uh, fighting out of there, and he's just—he's he, a hell of a fighter to be around. Uh, there's another guy, uh, Jason Downer, Jamaica Funk. That's my boy too. He's—that dude is like an, on another level of, you know, of, of talent and sheer just, just, just absolute power out of that man. Watching him fight. Uh, who else we got? Who else we got? Actually, 
Um, guys from like No Limits, guys from like Long Island MMA, and the high school of Vamos. You know, it, it's it, it is absolutely a hotbed, and all these fighters, you know, everyone brings something to the table, which is insane. But there's actually a lot of fighters. Uh, you know, another guy that comes to mind, Andrew Stock, as well. He's an animal. That guy's a fucking beast when he's fighting out there. Uh, there's there's so many names to name. It's it's unreal, man. You know, but all these guys. Like, Thank God I'm friends with some of them because holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, what what are your thoughts to Mike Tyson coming back and getting into the bare knuckles? I mean, oh my God, I'm I'm I'm, I'm praying that we see that. Well, that is going to be like don't get me wrong. Like I've had my criticisms about like uh, like BJ Penn coming back, Chuck mm-hmm. Liddell coming back, and stuff like that to fight Anderson Silva. Even though Anderson Silva, he was still in pretty good shape and held up a good fight against Israel Asanya. Um That was a pathetic fight, by the way. <laughs> Pathetic. I don't know, man. I, I got my entertainment's worth out of that. Uh, um, Israel, and I, I had a lot of respect for Israel, but after his last two fights, uh, absolutely pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. Yeah, yeah especially that Yoel Romero fight. Yes. I, I, I can't pathetic. I can't ever for that. Pathetic. He, he should be – anybody that paid to watch that fight was uh, – didn't get we their money. We paid to worth. watch that fight. Oh, my God. Like, we, we rented it while in my brother's room. <laughs> we were watching sat and watched that fight, and I'm like, wake me up when the fucking fight ends. Like, what, what is this? <laughs> I remember because after the fight, Anthony texted me and said, this is the guy that you like, Th- this guy, because <laughs> Anthony don't like him. Anthony I don't. don't. I don't. Anthony don't I like don't. him. So, and I liked Israel. And then I don't. Going into that fight, I was like, oh, he's going to kill Romero. I, I knew, I thought he was going to kill him. And then all of a sudden, you're watching the fight, and believe it or not, Romero held his own. And Romero, really, in the later, later of the bout, I, I thought Romero had the last two rounds. I, I, I thought Israel was pathetic. He, he, looked like, he, he looked like a man versus, I mean, a boy versus a man. That's what it looked like. And, and it was pathetic. And, and I, I think the UFC, and I've said this over and over again, and I'll say it again. The UFC needs to find the next big superstars. They don't have them on their cards right now. I'm sorry. And we have a great fighter coming on the show in, in just a few moments. I, I think we have him at 745 in the next half an hour. And he, he's a big-time fighter right now. He's moving up. He's a ranked fighter right now in the middleweight division. Yep. He's ranked 13th. And, uh, and he's a good friend of – actually, a family member of a friend of mine. So – I, I look at the UFC, and, and Dana White needs to find uh, the, the right product. And, and, and unfortunately, going around the country with Matt Serra is not going to sell us the product that you're trying to bring to the table. I'm sorry, it doesn't sell. It doesn't sell to me when you have Jose Aldo, who hasn't fought a good fight in five or six fights. He's been absolutely pathetic since the Conor McGregor knockout, and he shouldn't even be fighting a title fight. He doesn't belong there, and it's, it, to me, and we've said this over and over again, Dana White in the UFC only puts out a product that he likes, not what the fans want to see. And that's what i got to say about that. I agree. You know, it's a, there's time and time again when you see some fight matchups that really don't make sense. Like, they will make sense on paper, but it's definitely not what the, what the fans want to see. I mean, you know, and, and it goes back to the whole um, the Justin Gaethje and Tony Ferguson. Why did Tony Ferguson have to defend or even fight again for an interim Love fight? you. Like, love you. I love you, yeah, man. First off, well, wait, Team wait, wait, gratitude. Wait, wait, wait. No. Team well, I gratitude. Was screaming. Mm-hmm. First I was off. screaming about that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why the fuck does he get a – why does he have to defend it against Justin Gaethje? And don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Justin Gaethje is an incredible fighter. Yes, yes. You know, both those guys are. But it's like Tony's been there, and I get it. They've been trying to book that fight five times. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like I get it. 
but at the same time, I don't want to get it. Yeah. I, I don't get it. I two don't weeks, like it. two weeks to okay. train against Justin Gagey Mike, when he was so training you know, for Khabib. Mike, just so you yeah, know, exactly. Mike, just so you know, okay, this is another little like you know baptism into unfortunately being on this show that everybody's got to deal with because you know I love you already, you know, Mike. Me and you are pals. He thinks <laughs> that you just, he thinks you just proved a point. <laughs> he thinks that you just proved a point that he that he keeps pushing. Team His gratitude. point is not the fact. His point is not the fact that it is a fact that he not only should not have been defending the belt against Gagey, but he feels that <laughs> the fact that he lost, mm-hmm. he shouldn't have fought. That he that he yep. lost. Yeah, he shouldn't have fought against Gagey. Mm-hmm. Okay, that it was basically a setup. Mm-hmm. For Ferguson. Absolutely. When Ferguson Absolutely. agreed to go in there. He agreed to go in there, and we've said this over and over Nobody again. Nobody put a gun to his he head. He agreed because he needed the money. The guy has not been in the octagon oh, for over a year. The guy needs money. He's running He's running from aliens, okay? Uh, I mean, seriously. <laughs> I, I, he needs the money. He's got a child, and he's got a, he's got a sick, what is it, a five-year-old he's child, a four-year-old a, child, and a wife, and he's running from aliens. He needs per- the money. There's a perfect way of him How? being able to what, get what, what, what is he it? wanted. What is he it, He could have just said no and held everybody. Oh, get out of here, fire. Anthony. You're he's telling not, me Joe's... No, no, no. He's a fighter, man. No. He'll fight anybody that's in front of him. Then I don't want to hear it. I, then I don't want to hear it. No, you don't want to hear it, but he threw himself under the bus fighting a guy two weeks before so the fight he went in when there one guy ran from him he went in to go over there to Russia. You're crazy. He went in there knowing he was going to lose. Actually, I am crazy. I am crazy. You are crazy. Crazy listening to you half the time. He went in there. Oh, boo-hoo. He lost. So if he won, he would have... Uh, you know, went over all these obstacles and, you know, persevered and, ah, you can't have it both ways. How, how do you know he was going to say you that? You can't have you it know, both ways. You know, were you hanging out with him? Did if he tell he you lost. he was going to say that? If he did, listen, if he knew he was getting set <laughs> up, on, he Anthony, shouldn't have Are you, are you seriously? He's Perfect a fighter. example. He is a fighter. How fight do you think Masvidal got this contract? How did he get his fighting how did he get it? He's but fighting Before Uzman. that, you're telling me, okay, because he wanted his money. Burns is out. Dana White knows that the only fan fight that was going to be made is if you threw Masvidal in. You're telling yep. me through negotiations, Masvidal didn't say, you want me to fight? Give me my money. The team that has could have n- did the same thing. Here's the thing. He got his money. He still got his money. And the, the, the problem is right now, you're looking at Ferguson. Ferguson went from the number one contender all the way to number five. Okay? Yep. This guy went from one, and he's been the number one contender for over a year and a half, two years. He has deserved the opportunity to fight for the belt. He got screwed by Dana White because... Oh, Khabib had to go home. And I, by the way, I want to give a shout out to Khabib's father. May he rest in peace. I'm yep. not taking shots. Uh, I, I, I swear, you know, I, I'm not taking shots at him as a, as a son and as a family member. So shout out to Khabib and his family. My heart goes out to him and his family. I know what it is to lose a father. I lost my father four years ago. So, and, and he was a big part of my life. And, and, and moving forward, you know, it, it kills me inside. I don't know how he and when he's going to get back in the octagon with, with this kind of loss, but it's a shame what happened. But, Again, he went home. He ran from the fight a week, almost two weeks before the fight. And what did Dana White do? This is what Dana White did. He said, listen, I got, a, I got an opponent for you. I got Justin Gagey. That's what I got. I got Justin Gagey. So, uh, unfortunately, Justin Gagey, who I think is an unbelievable fighter. He's a great fighter, power striker, everything. Ferguson wasn't ready for the fight. He didn't train against. He didn't train for him. He trained for Khabib. He expected the power of Khabib, not Gagey. If you're a champ, yeah. you should just be able to adapt. Oh, get out of here. You that, that's should be a, able to adapt. That, that's great, as great as of a champ. You should be able to adapt. First of all, he's happen. not the champion. Khabib is the champion. 
He wasn't the champion. This was not for a belt? No, it wasn't. Yes, that, it was. that was a fake belt. Everybody knows interim the champion. Belt. It was for an interim get, belt. get out of here. We talk about the interim belts. The interim belts are crap. First off, the reason why it's I'm crap. saying this is a title fight. It's crap. This, we've said this also. The reason why this is a title fight. How long can the champ not defend his belt? Mm-hmm. Right? Well, ask Khabib so, that. Guess what? Ask Khabib this that. is a title bout. Now, a title bout for this what? This is a title bout. Because they're. Well, you got real, two guys that want to fight well, for a belt. All right, so let me ask you a question. One guy didn't. Ferguson wins that fight, right? He's got the interim belt, right? Am I right? If he if you want right. a belt, he's the interim champion. Correct. He fights Khabib. Who's walking out with the belt? Whoever wins. Who's walking out with the belt? Khabib. Who's the champion? Khabib. Khabib. So to me, that interim belt means absolutely nothing. We've no, moolah. It's yeah, nothing. It pretty nothing. Much it waters it's not it even down. Glorified. We've said it waters it's it down. It's a glorified number one spot. That's pretty, pretty much. much all it is. And it, and he got screwed for that spot. He got screwed. Yeah. I, I I feel bad for Ferguson. I really do because we're never going to see Khabib versus Ferguson. You said it and I said it, so no, don't we're not. say it. No, we're, we're never going to see it. That's not going to because happen. Khabib does not want to fight Ferguson. I've said this because with I'll all say these fight island fights, with all these fight island fights, and as much as they're turning these fights around and everything, in regards to how I mean, some of these guys have fought what three weeks apart yeah. already, mm-hmm. and with all of the you know activity and how quick they're rotating these guys in, you haven't heard one thing about who are they matching up with. Ferguson, who are they matching up with gauging? Those things have not been said yet. Mm-hmm. Not even in question, not even a rumor. With all the schmucks that they have, Hawani and all those other guys, you don't hear even a rumor mm-hmm. or a peep or anything. Mm-hmm. So, as of right now, what are you going to do? What are, what, are, what are your thoughts, Mike? I, and I, I want you to honestly don't listen to him over here because he's going to find he's going to try to persuade you to him. agree with him. Okay? No, but now, you want to know now, something? Now hold on, hold this on, is, hold on. You're asking a very good guy. No, 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 no. Look at the situation he's in right now. now hold on. This hold is on. a very no, good. No, 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 no. Don't throw him under the bus. I'm not throwing him under don't the bus. Don't throw him under the bus because I know how you are. Somebody has to get swabbed before they have to fight him. And if that person, God forbid, I'm not wishing anything bad, something doesn't play out, and now there's a vacant spot across from him a few weeks from now, couldn't we say that that's ultimately the same situation as Ferguson is? Mm. Or was? Mm. So now let's ask Mike. No, 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 Mike. Let's Mike, he's trying. You hey, see Mike, what he did? They bring a new guy Mike? in. You fight you Mike. You see what he did, Mike? You see what he did, Mike? Mike they bring a new guy yeah, in. You, you fight You see him? that, Mike? He tried to persuade you to you agree persuade. with I him. I asked the question. No, you're trying to. No, 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 you're no, no, trying no. to draw him to agree with you. Why don't we get into the who could speak louder? Uh, listen, it's the truth. It's the truth, and you know it. If you t- you ask him, the now. champ. You ask the champ. I'm asking the champ. The if champ was agreeing with me. Now all of a sudden you're going against me. Let's say they bring in a guy that he is not prepared for. Is he fighting? Go ahead, Mike. All right, sorry. Repeat that question just one more no, time. No, no. Here, here's the question. He's saying that if if the fighter, if you were fighting somebody, and fighting, and you weren't the champ, and somebody, no, you were the champ, and and the fighter had to walk out because of COVID nineteen, and somebody gets put in, a guy that you didn't trade against, train against, like a last minute replacement, last minute, last minute replacement, would you fight him? You know that really goes back to my coaches, but honestly, I, I'd still fight. I wouldn't care. You know, I, I'm the kind of guy that wants to fight anywhere, anytime. It doesn't matter to me. Now, but and and you know, Ferguson it, did. It's, it's, it's a tough. It's a tough situation. It's a tough situation. It's definitely a conversation that needs to be talked about. Like me personally, me personally, I would love to fight anytime, anywhere. Uh, hold, hold, in front of me. Now, I'll Mike, still, Mike, I, Mike, I want to cut in before you say anything because now I'm yeah. going to persuade you on my side. Okay. Oh, <laughs> okay. So now you're now you're saying well you can go back and forth. Now you have an opportunity. Okay, you're the number one contender. 
You've been waiting for this opportunity your whole life to get this opportunity to fight the champion. And then all of a sudden, the champion decides to go to Russia. And then all of a sudden, you get a replacement, a, a power puncher, a guy that has nothing to lose in adjusting yep. Gagey to step in the octagon and whip your ass, okay? Pretty much whipped his ass because he had no business being in the, the octagon with Justin Gagey. Uh, he, he was completely abused, okay? Now, yep. no, knowing that, and all of a sudden, you went from the number one contender when you had a chance to fight Khabib and make all that money all the way to the fifth contender, okay? All the way moved to fifth. Now, let me ask you this question. If that happened to you, would you have fought? Honestly. Would you have fought? Honestly, with everything that fucking Tony Ferguson risked, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have taken that fight. I wouldn't have. I, I really wouldn't there have. You go. There you go. That, team gratitude. There you go, what? There you go. Team gratitude. No, 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 what are like, you talking about? Ferguson fought. Let me go ahead and explain this one. In my situation, if I, if that were to happen to me, mm-hmm. again, me personally, I don't care. I'll fight anytime, anywhere. You know, it's, it, it goes back to my coaches. That, that. Me personally, but if I'm Tony Ferguson, I'm 36 years old. I've been fighting guys since I was like what 20 years old. He's mm-hmm. been in the game for so long, mm-hmm. and he finally gets an opportunity, but it gets taken away from him. I, me personally, I'm not going to risk that. You know, he's already won that spot. He's already secured that spot. to have it all taken away on a chance because every fight's 50 50. Does mm-hmm. not matter. Doesn't matter if it's against Habib, who's never lost a fight. It's just you don't risk that. When now he's back in the fifth spot, exactly like you said, he's back in the fifth spot, and now he has to fight his way back at 36 years old. How many more years does this guy have? Mm-hmm. And I get it. He's a he's fucking insane. Mm-hmm. He did two weight cuts. He did two water cuts. And he cut weight for a fight that didn't happen. It's like this guy's insane. I can I can say he's gonna fight till he's 45. He tore his like he tore his ACL. He tore his ACL. Yep. Didn't go to physical therapy. Didn't go to a no, doctor. He trained nothing. himself back in six months. He got back in the octagon. <laughs> I mean, seriously. This guy's insane. But like me personally, if I was him, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have taken that fight. I, I know it's a fight that a fan wants to see, and I know it's money in the bank for him. But it's like, at what? Like the risk and reward is like way too high mm-hmm. off of my own chart to to be put in a position like that and then have it just taken away from you completely. But I also do think mm-hmm. that I have a little conspiracy about this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Whether it's like, even if he won or lost that fight. He's going to fight Habib anytime down the road with a title fight in mind. And I think this, if it's, you know, Justin Gaethje obviously won, and then Justin Gaethje fights Habib. Habib wins? Okay, Tony's next in line. Doesn't matter. They've given guys who are like the third or fourth rank spot, fifth, fifth, fifth rank spot, a title shot anyway. So it, it, it happens before. So it's not like it's a brand new thing. Justin Gaethje wins. You have the rematch right there. If Habib doesn't want to get back into it, you have the rematch right there for a title shot for Tony Ferguson. Now, it might not make the fans happy because everyone wants to see Tony Habib, but you still get a great fight after all, and you still do right by Tony Ferguson. It wasn't right to put Ferguson in that situation against Justin Gaethje, but you still have... And that's exactly what Dana White wants. He wants that setup where if it's Justin Gaethje beats Habib, great, I got a rematch. Tony beats Justin... Oh, I'm sorry, if uh, Habib beats Justin, then great. You know, we can schedule this fight again. You know, it's either way, Dana still wins. So it's, 
it, it, it's set up perfectly for all three of the fighters to get what they want. What worries, already, what worries me is the whole Conor McGregor, you know, and everybody says, oh, yeah, oh, Jesus Christ. the whole Conor McGregor lagging behind because he is a big oh, name. As much as he says he's retired, he is not retired. He is coming oh, back and he's shit. fighting. Yes, he's fighting. No. He is fighting. Yeah. I, that's that's the one thing that bothers me because he comes back and fights Don Cerrone at 170 and immediately calls for the 155. It's mm-hmm. like you just can't fucking you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You just did it. And I get it. He brought the entire like he, he brought all of Ireland to the UFC essentially. Mm-hmm. But it's like just because you have that name and yes you get to pull strings, but it's like really is it right? Mm-hmm. Is it right for a, for a guy like that to take a year or two off after he lost to Habib and then just come back and be like, I'm back, where's my title shot? Like, that, that, no, that's bullshit. I don't care who anybody is. Ticket mm-hmm. sales. Yeah, that's that's, that's immediately thing. just bullshit. Mm. Ticket sales, it's a business. Unfortunately, it is. It's all about the business. It's, it's and all it, about business. It's about putting asses in seats mm-hmm. and selling hot dogs and beer. Listen, mm-hmm. you want to put a McGregor fight together? There's a perfect opportunity out there right now. Unfortunately, you dropped weight for a fighter who unfortunately – um, is sick and pulled out, but they yep. could have easily made a nice fan favorite fight of putting him up against Frankie. Oh my God, that oh, that fight I on so say, many levels oh. would have even if it was not for a title bout. I think yep. just from a fan standpoint, and just to sell even more tickets, considering how many gates freaking McGregor has, this will just be another one that'll probably move another slot. Frankie yep. Edgar and, and him, I'm telling you oh. that right off the bat. That's that's an immediate sellout, but unfortunately, right now, no spectators. Yeah, but don't be, I, and I do think, and I do think there is some truth to what some people say that some of these matchups are being held back until we could get spectators in. I do believe yep. that. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you think Dana White wants to miss out on a kind of? You're basically taking game? a discount. You're you're, mm-hmm. you're giving everybody a coupon. You're, you're taking a discount. Mm-hmm. Is ultimately what happens. Oh. You, like you, like the you like the discounts, right? Who the hell doesn't like discounts? Mm-hmm. You like spending? Yeah, a sh- like Excuse me, Mister. Uh, you know what I mean. Well, you it, like spending money? No, I, well, I spend you, a lot of like money coupons? for some reason. I, I, you like coupons? I don't use coupons. I don't. No, I don't say you use them, but you don't like some kind of discount? I'm, I like discounts. I never get them. I'm just saying. I never if get a discount. It, you're not going to take them? No. I, I, if somebody offers it to me, I'll take it. So but, then why are you looking at me like I'm a lunatic? But you, you, you like the coupons no matter what. You'll find them. I'm not stupid. What the hell? I want to <laughs> save my money. <laughs> Who the hell says I want to piss my money away? The um, same guy that says I'm afraid to go in and fight somebody when asked. How do you feel about that fight? Well, it's also the same. What is Those that? Those are the guys that like pissing their money away. Oh, stupid, stupid people like that. Oh, you were just about to say another word. I know, you? but I'm do- I've been so good on this show of not cursing. You have. You have. Man. I have. Because- and you didn't use the word you know yet, so that's a good thing. No, I, a couple of times. No, not a lot. A little bit. Not a lot. A I, now all of a sudden he's going to say, you know, you know, you know, you know. You know. You're breaking the seal on me. You're breaking the seal a little I'm, bit. If I'm breaking oh, the seals, man. go to the bathroom or something, man. I don't want you doing that. I'm too lazy for that. But these seats are so comfortable. Oh, oh, so wait a second. You're going to piss in that seat right now? How do you know I didn't oh, already? Man. Oh, God, man. I, I I'm mean, watching seriously. the live stream, man. Don't do this to me. Come oh, on. Well, well, if he does piss in his pants, guys, I'm taking a picture. I'm posting it all over social media. So That's just even more reason for people to just come over this way. Come over which exposure. way? Which way? Just give me more exposure. Well, wait a second. You want, you want people to come to you so you can piss on them? 
No, I didn't say that. What you just said you come more people come okay, this way. I didn't even say that. You just, I you just, I'm, you're just graphic today. No, but you, you want to give somebody a golden shower, then you give them a golden graphic. shower. What just, is it with you pee? The guy, the guy I mean, with the peeing, the mic guy with the you're pee. You're the one that just said to come this way. And all that you, stuff. Uh, you, I didn't you, say anything about you, come this way. Wait, yes, you did. No, I didn't. I mean, come on, Mike. Now did you he not say that? Did he not say that? I can't. I can't be sad here, man. I'm sorry. He might be refing your fight, so you better be careful. I am not refing your fight. <laughs> I know that. I am not yeah, reffing this fight. I can dom- I can I, dominate every round. I, I, You'll write on the scorecard. It was ten seven Carlos every round. <laughs> oh yeah. If Anthony's in the ring now, knowing that he's my partner, you see me on the sidelines saying, "Anthony, you idiot! You idiot!" I'm gonna be screaming. <laughs> You'd be the first spectator ever thrown out of an at a New York amateur event ever. You'd be breaking more records than you would believe. Oh my oh, God, Mike! Aren't you happy you joined us on this show today? <laughs> Oh, absolutely. This, this has been such a great honor being on here. Well, thank seriously. you. We really appreciate you joining us. And uh, uh, we, we really expect a big-time fight and a big turnout over there at uh, McKay's. And, and really what you bring for Long Island fighters and, and the growth of what Long Island fighting is supposed to be is, 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 is amazing. And I, I've, I've approved everything that we have done, not only for this show, but some of the people that we've interviewed. And we try to give this show, we want this show to be the showcase of the next big fighters. That's what we want. We don't need Khabib and, and Ferguson or Conor McGregor on the show because, to be honest, Conor won't come on the show because me and him have our differences. So uh, <laughs> th- we do. Over the years, in the last six years, since I started, well, four years since we started uh, uh, the MMA show, uh, Cage Den MMA, uh, me and him have had our differences because of Kerry Steller, uh, his fight team has not only threatened me, they told me if I ever step foot in Ireland, they'll bury me six feet under and nobody will ever find me. That's what he said. And also, he, he said that, uh, well, actually, I got pictures to prove that they put my face in almost every single pub in Ireland. And they actually oh, took pictures of it. And they, uh, yeah, almost three years ago, they were throwing darts at it. Was it during Halloween? I don't know. They something to scare things away. Well, what is that supposed to mean? Just saying. I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. This no, is I, I mean, you mean to tell me, you, you mean to tell me, you're never going to be going to the Temple Bar? Oh, Jesus I'm just, that place, dude, that, that, that place is awesome. Mike, I'm going, I'm going to Ireland. Nobody's stopping me, and Connor could kiss my ass, okay? <laughs> and, and, I, and I have, I have the Irish Mafia behind me, so don't worry about that. <laughs> A little prick, I swear, man. <laughs> I, I just I I can't stand him. Even though a lot of people I know in the business, did you just say me, Irish mafia? Yeah, Irish mafia. You it, just took an Irish word and an Italian word and put it together. But there is an Irish word. mafia. Okay. Do you know he's in trouble with the Irish mafia? Right. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Is that what you're he is. calling? He is. Yeah. Yes. He, he actually owes the Irish mafia some money. Actually. So yeah. there okay. you go. There you go. I mean, I, I can't believe you didn't know that. Know what? <laughs> I mean, Mr. I know everything, Mr. Panda Bear over here. I do know everything. Well, unfortunately, uh, I hear this every single week, every other week, okay, Mike? This is what I deal with. Because just like my name, you haven't gotten it right yet. Andriosi. I know everything. Andriosi. I know how to pronounce your name. I know how to pronounce your name. Just like I know how to pronounce Speedy Petey, who's sitting over there in the corner wondering what no, the no, hell no, he's no, doing. No, 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 no. It's not about Speedy. What? It's not about Speedy today. Uh, what is it about? That You have that on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Oh, so it's about Anthony Angelosi. You're damn right. I, I ah! actually, I pronounce your name wrong. You're damn right. Uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, thank you for joining us, man. We're looking forward to your fight. I appreciate it. Thank you guys very much for having me on here. Absolutely, man. We really appreciate it. Uh, Why don't you give a shout-out to all the fans that are listening to the show and tell everybody how they can find you on social media. Oh, all right. So 
Uh, I got to give a big shout out to my teammates, my coaches over at Vamos MMA. Um, you know, best guys around, best school around, can't compete. Uh, got to give a shout out to my family, my friends, everyone in Riverhead, everyone across the island, across the across the country. You know, I got family in California. I got my aunt out there, so got that. And I got to shout out to my beautiful girlfriend, who's mm. my biggest motivation in this whole thing. So she's sitting right next give to that you, to her like well. giving you a death stare right now when you're saying that, right? <laughs> <laughs> And, like, uh, she was waiting for the uh, name to finally play. come up, and now she just gave you that <laughs> wink, like, okay, you're going to live today. She's poking me with a front right behind me. I, I knew it. it. I knew it. <laughs> it took too long to come out. I guarantee you she was just like, you know what I mean? It's about freaking time. And then when you hang up, you're going to be like, I wasn't the first one. That's what's going to happen She's got a paddle up. with his name on it. You're going to hang up the phone. You'll be like, I wasn't first. What's up? I wasn't uh, first. Uh, I'm sitting right next uh, to you and you still forgot me? What the hell? <laughs> uh-huh. You know what I have to deal uh, with when I when I have to deal with him? Uh, who knows what he has after the show? He's going to whip me with a belt or something. Oh, oh Yeah, man. Well, I mean, he's talking about me over here. I don't know, uh, man. I, with everything with you, I, I, I'm kind of lost. What? I'm kind of lost with you, man. Listen. You're the one who wanted you, – you told us today that you want to give everybody a golden shower. I don't know. The <laughs> fact that you know the proper term for that uh, scares me. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. You uh, no, it's all good. You guys can find me on Instagram. Uh, you can find me on YouTube and wow, actually, holy crap! I think it's just Instagram and YouTube right now. Uh, for Mike Basile MMA, and that's uh, that's how you find me. You know, I usually post stuff every day, every other day, try to keep updates and whatnot. So, you know, I'm very active with the, uh, the community that I have. So. Do you want to thank your girlfriend one more time? While Go you ahead, do it one more. Might time. as well do it one more time, dude. <laughs> You can actually follow her, too. She's got her own business, man. you got to follow Spools of Thread no. on Facebook. Schools of Thread. There you go. Is that she was a the bonus. She sew or something? That's the bonus. Yeah, she, yep, yeah, she does sewing and alterations, custom dresses, everything. She's the best on Long Island, no there doubt. There you go. You can get your dress altered. Dress? <laughs> get out of here, man. Just saying. You can wear your muumu. How's that sound? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Fifty shades of Errol Marks over here. Fifty shades? Whatever, Mr. Buddy. Golden God. <laughs> Mr. Golden God over here. Enough said. <laughs> Anyways, Mike, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Mike Basile, uh, great, great interview, by the way. Great, Thank great you. interview. I really, oh, my God. You guys are, oh, you guys are hilarious. Thank you, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I knew I was going to have a great time getting on here. Well, we're happy, and we want to get you on after you fight, my friend. Absolutely. I'll be here. Absolutely. Mike Basile, ladies and gentlemen, uh, great, great interview. Up next, go ahead. Up next, who's our next guest? UFC's premier knockout artist, coming off victory of UFC 250 over Gerald Miesgrant, Ian Heinrich. Right. Here on the great Caged In MMA. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. It's time! Introducing first, fighting out of the blue corner. Right now, right now, hold on, right now, boom, I faked him. Oh, whoa, that was, whoa, I'm back! But... Mother Bobo, how you say that name? I'm gonna go home tonight. I'm gonna drink a Coors Light. Fighting out of the red corner. I completely dominated that fifth round. That fifth round won me the fight. From the bottom of me heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. It's time. The number one MMA show in America. 
engaged in MMA. And we are back. As you know, this is Caged in MMA. I'm your host, Errol Marks. My co-host, Anthony Andriosi. As you know, you can call us at 631-965-4990. And you can follow us by going to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Anthony, why don't you do the introductions? As we said before, coming off of a ridiculously vicious knockout in two in UFC 250 over Gerald Meesgrant, we have Ian Hyinch. What's and- going on, Ian? Ian, you there? What's going on, Ian? How are you? Good. There we go. There we oh, go. Yeah. We we almost lost you there. We almost lost you there. How you doing, man? How you feeling? I know you had eye surgery about a week and a half ago. How you feeling? So I'm I'm doing great, man. You know, um, I actually didn't get the eye surgery done. I just had my my people dilated, and uh, I was supposed to get the surgery done. And um, you know, the cornea I guess wasn't shaped to the it wasn't healed enough from 18 years of wearing contact. So that's scheduled for next Friday. But I'm good. I had a good fourth. I spent time with family. We were in Nebraska at my wife's ranch. I'm back in town. Uh, I'm going to start boxing again on Monday and uh, getting back into it. Ian, the last the last knockout you had with Gerald was insane. And I mean, you're you're known as a, you're a you're a two time All American in wrestling, correct? Correct. So, did is it like a new love now to just throw these bombs at people? And to just end things a lot quicker compared to just taking it to the ground and going for something that you've always had this history of? Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. I, you know, I've, I've had my taste of knockouts on the regional circuit, and there's nothing like a knockout, you know. It, it, uh, it just ends the fight quick. You don't get super exerted. The rush, the crowd goes wild. Everything about it I love. But I started to try to just be a striker, and, you know, that's where I, I kind of messed up. And I feel like that kind of, uh, you know, messed me up in my last few fights. Instead of using my wrestling to actually set up those big power hands. I have, I have tons of power in my hands. And, um, but if I get the guy thinking about wrestling, he's going to drop his hands when I hit that level change. And that opens up uh, that big right hand, which got me the knockout. As you guys know, we're talking to UFC fighter Ian Heinish. Now, Ian, we, we, we've talked, we've texted, and, and I, I see... What you are as a fighter, you're 14 and 3 as an MMA fighter, professional fighter. You're ranked 13th right now in the middleweight division. Where do you see yourself now after having that unbelievable knockout? Who's up next? Who do you who do you want to fight next? Do you have a particular fighter or you want to fight whoever uh, whoever's in front of you? Uh yeah. You know, coming off those two tough losses, you know, I climbed the ranks really quick. I got thrown in the the lions that basically every single person I fought in the UFC is ranked Except uh, my last fighter, Gerald, and he has a he has a super long pedigree. He's had he's had ton of fights in the UFC. He's a vet. He has one second submissions in the UFC. Um, but you know, just getting that confidence back and just kind of falling into my own and uh, getting more comfortable in that UFC phase. You know, now I feel I'm ready to continue to climb the rankings. So um, I was supposed to fight Brandon Allen before uh, I, I injured my knee, but. Uh, you know, that was kind of a money fight. That was kind of a like a, a quick decision just because of COVID. Uh, there wasn't many American fighters ready to fight, so I was going to take that fight with him. Uh, I figured it'd be a quick paycheck. Um, 
I know he's a tough kid, but I just don't feel like he's near my level. Uh, there's a big difference between ranked UFC fighters and just guys who've had a few fights in the UFC. And, uh, but, but now I have my eyes set on, on someone like Uriah Hall or just anyone ranked. You know, I just want to continue to climb the ladder. The goal is to be a world champion. To be a world champion, I just got to keep climbing the rankings. So uh, I hope to fight someone who's ranked next and uh, uh, an exciting fight. So that's, that's uh, my options. Ian, as you said, you've, you know, just not just in the UFC, but even go, leading into the UFC, you've always gone against these um, heavily, you know, touted contenders. Even when it was contender series, um, going against Justin Sumter, who was a highly touted right. uh, prospect that you went right through. Um, now, going as you said, it was I, as you said, the Brennan Allen was more or less for a quick turnaround because it seems like with this COVID yeah. thing, there's a lot of this quick turnaround stuff going on where you see fighters yep. coming in and flipping after like three, probably like three weeks or whatnot, even a month, which is a very quick turnaround. I think everybody knows, um, especially when it comes yep. to fighting in the UFC. But so, I mean, even now while you're recovering, has there been any talks about possibly instead of this quick fighter, just turnaround thing? Um, have you spoken to anybody in the UFC about possibly getting that next higher level contender? for the next fight? Um, um, you know, actually at the moment, you know, we just got to see how things play out. Like there's a lot of big fights coming up. We got Brenton fighting Shabazi. We got, uh, Yoel Romero fighting, um, uh, Kevin Gaslam, I believe. No, he's fighting, uh, yeah. Is it Kevin Gaslam? Yeah. They're fighting Gaslam. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a, there's a ton of, you know, big fights coming up. So the middleweight division is going to be shifting and moving. It's just all about opportunity, man. You know, if if someone falls out and you're ready to go, that's a great opportunity to step in. That would be ideal. Uh, someone, you know, a high-profile fight, you know, like Jackson Manson or someone like that, and maybe his opponent falls out a week before and I'm ready to step in, you know. Obviously, i gotta I got to continue to rehab my knee. i got to get back into shape. And, and uh, I believe within a month to maybe six weeks, I'll be – you know, at that point where I could take a quick turner, I could take a short notice fight. And uh, so there's nothing really, um, there's no names right now per se. It's just we're just standing by watching the middleweight division, uh, the top 15, and just seeing how things unfold. And uh, it's just getting me ready as soon as we can, so I'll be ready for an opportunity on a short notice fight. As you guys know, we are talking to UFC fighter Ian Heinish. Now, Ian, I, I've looked at, you know, all different fighters. They, they fight in all different weight classes, and you're a strong fighter in the 185 uh, division. When you look at your strength and your ability and, and really cutting weight, do you see yourself maybe cutting weight and being a 170, you know, fighting a welterweight division where you can dominate with your power and the ability that you have as a wrestling, a wrestler? Do you see yourself maybe moving down the weight because you'll have a better chance of, win, you know, getting a title shot? Uh, no, not at all. Um, you know, I, you know, I've always, you know, cut weight my entire life and I always found I did better when I wrestled upper weight and I am, I guess like you could call me a smaller middleweight per se is I'm not as tall as these guys, mm -hmm. but, uh, but that's where my power comes from. I'm stocky. I'm a little bit shorter. I'm six foot. Um, you know, but I'm, I'm built and, uh, you know, the weight cut at 185, I'm still cutting close to 20 pounds. So. To even think about going uh, <laughs> down, you know, another 15, 
uh, I would just lose so much muscle, so much, you know, uh, you know, muscle that I've worked so hard to get. And it would just hurt me so much, man, that I would just, I would never consider it. I've never really felt uh, like any guys like ragdolled me or were, were even really much stronger. I mean, Omari Akhmedov was probably the strongest guy I faced in there. But in the third round, I was throwing him around. So, uh, you know, he wore out. So there was really uh, nobody that I felt like then. These guys are too big for me. So I like to be a little bit shorter because it's easier to get under guys. And it makes it easier to take uh, level changes and throw that right hand up top, which got me the back out my last fight. So I would never probably go down to 170. And if it's not broke, you don't fix it. So <laughs> I think I'm going to stay right at 185 for a while. Did it, did it irk you? And I, I know the Usman Madvidal fight in Burns had to drop because of the COVID-19. Did it irk you that Madvidal all of a sudden moved all the way up from, I, I think he was ranked fourth or fourth, fourth think, yeah. moved all the way up to fight Madvidal. I mean, I'm sorry, fight Usman. And did anybody reach out to you if after Burns dropped out to ask you if you wanted to, to fill in for Burns? Uh, no, no. I mean, honestly, they're only going to ask. I mean, they. this is the biggest fight card, uh, like, ever, really. Mm-hmm. It's one of the biggest fight cards. And, you know, uh, you know, as I am ranked number 13, but mm-hmm. I still am not that big draw that they're looking for. I still got to build a name for myself. I'm very young in the UFC, and, uh, you know, I'm getting to that point. But uh, they're looking for a top five fighter, and they're looking for someone who's fighting at 70 or possibly even 55 because they know at 85 is walking around 200 pounds. So for me to be able to drop in a week uh, 35 pound-ish is way too much. So mm-hmm. they're looking at only 170-pounders and uh, possibly even 55ers just because, you know, those guys would be more apt to be able to make weight. And, you know, half off Mons with all, they're staying, staying close to weight, and uh, he just made weight this morning, and, I'm so excited to watch these fights tomorrow. Um, now, going dealing with the recovery and stuff, with all the COVID stuff and everything, what is what is the game plan going forward in terms of the training camp and such? Is it um, just to pick up as if, you know, it, or is there any type of alterations um, with your camp? Yeah, so it's been, it's been such a roller coaster of a life lately. You know, at first, I left my longtime gym, Factory X.5, where I came up in, and just because I needed a change, you know, I, I took those two losses, and, and uh, you know, I just felt God calling me to Thailand, and I went out there for a five-week, just kind of a getaway to clear my head, and I just fell in love with it, the coaches, the training, the lifestyle, and it really helped me isolate. You know, I do a lot of stuff, like, I seek the schools, I seek the rehabs, I, I, I share my story a lot, and... Um, you know, I was kind of being pulled in so many directions that, you know, to be the best in the world is something. You've got to fully focus and put your energy into that. And as much as I love giving back to the kids, to the to the high schoolers, to people that are just getting out of prison, mentoring all these kids, you know, I felt I needed to kind of isolate for a little while. So I actually went out and started my first two weeks in camp. I was supposed to fight May 16th. And then the COVID hit. I came back to the state. My wife was here, and we weren't fully moved to Thailand. And, uh, you know, I I didn't want to go back to my gym. There was just a little tension there with me leaving, and I didn't kind of want that, hey, I just left, but now I'm coming back, but I'm going to leave again. It just it just didn't seem like it was a good fit. And I found, uh, I, I started training with Dave Barkforth last 
longtime training partner and uh, been training some guys from Elevation Fight Team out here, and just a dream team of a group, about six of us who just were brave enough to train for the COVID and, some, and two brave coaches, and it was like the best training camp ever. I was the only one fighting. All the attention was on me, and the partners were super consistent, and it was just the best training camp ever. And then, you know, obviously getting to the fight, Losing the fight on Thursday because one of my uh men tested positive for COVID. That turning out to be a false positive. Uh, getting a, a quick knockout, slipped on a high, but then getting a fight in three weeks and then first wrestling practice back, carrying my MCL. And uh, so it's just been up and down. And we're renting our house actually July 1st. We have renters in our house. So we're moved out of our house. We were supposed to fly back to Thailand July 7th. <laughs> Um, the Thai console will not let us in, so we moved it back to the 17th, and now we just moved it again to August 12th. So, oh my God. Um, honestly, man, like it's just been a roller coaster, and I'm just trusting in God that you know He's got this plan, and I'm just kind of going with the flow, man. I can't make any plans. I really like training with Jake, Jacob Ramos over here at Genesis, and and Peter over at uh, Easton. But, um, you know, I'm trying to get back to Thailand, and now I kind of think I like to switch, you know, split camps. Like, maybe if I'm fighting at Fight Island, have my coach out here come out for uh, the end of my camp. Or if I'm fighting in Vegas, I would come out to Denver for the end of my camp, get that high elevation training, and combine the coach from Tiger Muay Thai and Genesis. And uh, I think that's kind of my plan moving forward. But I have no timeline of when I'm going to be able to go back, we're shooting for August 12th. If that doesn't happen, we'll probably just stay here and take another fight in September. So, uh, you know, it's kind of a long story uh, that I just gave you, but uh, that's kind of what I'm dealing with right now. So I honestly have no <laughs> concrete plans, but that's kind of <laughs> the direction I'm headed. So oh. there it is. Oh, man, you're all over the place, man. And you want to go back to Thailand. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Oh, yep. man. As you guys yeah. know, we are talking to UFC fighter Ian Heinish. Now, Ian, we are funny guys, and what, what we do on this show is we want to bring the next upcoming fighters, not only in the UFC and Bellator, we want to be the voice of the next big superstars in the UFC. And me and Anthony have argued, when you look at the UFC right now, there is no next big superstar. We, we've, we've gone through some of the rankings, and we argue the points. And I look at you, and I, you're 14-3. and three, You've been pretty dominant. Your, your record says, states it for itself. When you look at your career and moving forward, do you see yourself as a champion in the UFC? Do you see yourself as a moneymaker, a guy that could sell to the community, sell to the world, uh, and put fannies in the seats? You know, absolutely. You know, I think it's just, it's been a little, it, it, it's taken some time to catch on, you know, just because of me coming in, in and fans like to see knockouts, you know. My fan base and everything has grown so much from this knockout. But I didn't get a chance to come in and highlight real three or four guys before I got a ranked opponent. You know, I came in and they threw me in the shark tank. I took a six-day six uh, short-notice fight against Cesar Pereira. Mm -hmm. And um, and that, and you know, I went in there and it was a war. And I'm fighting these top-level guys. But now I'm finding my own in there. And I feel like I can continue to, to knock people out. And just my story of going to prison and, and uh, you know, overcoming addiction and, and, you know, being a fugitive on the run in Europe and spending time in Rikers Island, um, 
you know, coming out and being able to to be a champion, I feel like I can be a huge inspiration. And I'm just going to stay original, man. I feel like I kind of have a little bit of a path, kind of like Masvidal. I don't think it'll take as long for me to get the hype around me, but um, I'm just going to stay original. I'm not going to, you know, go out of my out of my lane and talk a bunch of shit like Conor McGregor or. You know that's him. I'm gonna I'm gonna be me, and I'm gonna I'm an inspiration. I've dealt with some crazy stuff in my life. Fighting in a cage with a ref that's gonna pull you off. Um, you know, if, if it gets too bad, is is just it's nothing compared to what I've been through in my life. So um, I'm gonna bring that that prison mentality into the cage, and I'm just gonna try to put on pure violence for the fans and, <laughs> and inspire people, man. Because that's that's what it's about. You know, I've. I've had a ton of people help me out through my journey to elevate me where I'm at, and I want to do the same. I mean, like Zig uh, Ziglar says, you can have everything you want in life if you just help enough other people get what they want. And, uh, you know, I want to give back, and uh, I want to be that inspiration. And I truly believe in a year or two, uh, everyone's going to know my story. It's going to be a movie. It's going to be a book, maybe a documentary. I'll and, buy it. Uh, I'll buy it. I'm going to have that hype. So just, just remember, Ian, uh, and, and we argue this about this on this show all the time. When you're ready, man, I'm going to send you a shirt that says Team Gratitude. Uh, I'm telling you, you're going to be part of my team, not this guy over here. You're on my team because we are all inspirations. This guy over here is not an inspiration. I'm an inspiration, okay? So just let you know, you're going to be on my team, okay? All right. Sounds good. <laughs> okay. Just so you know, Ian, yeah. okay, this is how easily it is. This is how easy it is oh, to God. flip sides oh, God. Don't on listen somebody to that him, has nothing. Ian. Don't listen to him, Ian. No. No, I'm going to bring this up because this has been bothering mm. me a little bit. Mm. Um, as we all know, there's, there's a publication out there called Fighters Only. Fighters Only has the MMA awards out there. Mm-hmm. Now, one of right. them is Knockout of the Year. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, I'm a little upset that they went a little crazy with the nominations and they didn't put some people in there that was deserving. One of which we could yep. honestly say is, you heard him say yes already. Mm-hmm. Why the hell are you not one of the nominees? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of politics, man. I'm <laughs> navigating my way through these waters. And, uh, you know, I'm excited. I'm, I'm going to be getting on Food Truck Diaries with Brendan Schaub and hopefully on the Joe Rogan podcast. And once people know my name and my story and who I am and what I represent, I, I truly believe I'll be a, a household uh, a name and a brand for the UFC. So they're going to get behind me, man. It just takes time. You gotta, you gotta keep getting these knockouts. You gotta move the needle when you fight. And uh, in order to do that, you know, you gotta, you gotta get your story. I have the most original story. I have the worst criminal record in the UFC. And uh, for someone like me to be able to go through what I did and, and be able to come up and, and get the UFC belt eventually. Um, you know, that's, that's a huge testament of his, his will, uh, God's, God's grace, and, and just determination. So, um, you know, it's coming soon, man. It's all due time, and it's God's time, and I'm, I'm, I'm navigating these waters as we see. As we, as we said once before, and he, I mean, we don't argue it with each other, but we do argue the point since probably we started this show that the UFC lost the ability or they've just downplayed the, the ability that they once had of bringing the up-and-coming fighter and educating the fans out there of the up-and-coming fighters and such. That's why we take such pride in having you guys come in. Just like a few weeks ago, we had Maki out of Hawaii come in after his knockout win, and now we're bringing you in and such because we feel like there's too much, as you say, political sense with the 
and we're, I'm sorry, I got to say his that name. That would be some I'm fight. Sorry, him I got to say Maki. his name. That would be I, him. That I, would be a great fight. Him and Maki. You know what it is? Unfortunately, I got to say, I got to say the name. Unfortunately, you got the Aerials and the oh, Bretta Rock Pose. Oh God! Who they only spend time on yep. there out there if you win. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They don't mm-hmm. give a rat's ass about who the hell's out there busting. And here's the thing: that's where the UFC is going to really hurt themselves because you guys are the ones that are coming up in the next five, ten years that are going to be carrying yep. the organization, not the. Yep. Fighters that don't deserve title shots, that they're recycling the names, and, you know, I mean, did I just give Jose away? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? How do you feel about that? I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, get you in trouble with the boss or anything, but how do you feel about the exposure that you guys get as um, the young talent coming in? I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, they pick their favorites, you know, like Sean O'Malley, they love this kid, and it's cool, man, like, you know what? You know, it is what it is, man. You, for me, it's just determined. It gives me more ter- determination. It fires me up inside and it makes me work harder in the gym. It makes me want to just, like, really just end someone in that cage just so, you know, you can get your name out there, get your point across. So, uh, you know, I believe they, they try to do the best job. They have a ton of fighters on the roster, and, uh, you know, there's a ton of talent out there. So, you know, for me, I just look at it as, hey, it's time to work harder. It's time to keep, keep getting knockouts until they just can't deny you anymore. And and that's what I, I, I started now. And I got this first knockout. I was about to get a second knockout. But, you know, things happen. It's, it's uh, you know, this sport, man, it's, you can get hurt real quick. Your, your next time will be your last fight. And uh, so you just got to look for opportunities. Like, like, they were arguing, is the UFC, is it a career or is it an opportunity? Because Dana White says it's an opportunity. So, um, for me, I just, I'm just going to keep working harder. And, uh, you know, I'm going to get to the point where they just can't deny me. And, like I said, you got to get guys like Brendan Schaub, Joe Rogan, Ariel, even though, like, he's never really shown me any love. But um, they stink. Because he sucks. They That's stink. Why. That's why he and they sucks. stink. That's why. I'm sorry. Did, did we just? I'm sorry. Did we just think out loud there? <laughs> was that me or you? No, that was both of us. Was it? Yes. Oh uh, yeah, I guess it was. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm on your show telling my story. <laughs> and, uh, Don't worry. And, you know, whatever. Where 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 are your biggest fan, man? And I, I I love that you you joined us, and we want to get you back on in the near future. Uh, your upcoming fights, and when you have an upcoming fight, we'd like to get you back on. I know you're getting your eye surgery. I thought you were getting Absolutely. it last week, but. I want you to come back on. Yeah. Uh, I know your cousin, a nice, nice guy, and uh, I've, I'm friends with the family. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm happy that you joined us. Thank you for joining us, Ian. Tell the fans how they can find you, you on social media. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram and uh, on Ian Heinish MMA. That's my Instagram and Twitter. Ian the Hurricane Heinish is my fan page on Facebook. And uh, check it out. We were actually uh, – I'm just going to start. I'm going to talk uh, – uh, I'm going to have the fans ask me questions about prison, rehab, my faith, um, being a fugitive on the run, all these things. And I want to kind of just give little tidbits out. And I'm waiting to, uh, for the COVID thing to be done in California to get on the food truck diaries. And, we'll help uh, you. So tune into that. We'll and, help uh, you, man. We would love to help you. Yeah, well, yeah, stay tuned. I'd love to get back on the show. I appreciate you guys having me. And uh, I'll have, I should have some fight news hopefully pretty soon. So. Uh, we'll, we'll get back on and talk about that. Thank you, Ian. Thank you for joining us, my friend. Thank you. You guys have a good night. You too. The All great right. 
Ian Heinish, man, uh, great, great insight of his USC career and, and really where he is moving forward. I'd like to thank Ian Heinish for joining us, Mike Basile for joining us. As you all know, remember you can reach us at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Up next, the wise guys. I want to apologize to them, but we had to get Ian on the show. We will be back in two weeks with our special guest. Until then, this is Errol Marks and Anthony Andriosi and Caged in MMA saying goodnight. We'll talk to you then. Good night, everybody. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.